<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Uh, this is Dr. Drew. So honored to have Dr. Drew on the podcast. I met him uh, last time I did the Adam Carolla podcast, and um, he was amazing. And uh, we got we hit it off, and I asked him to come by, so he swung by the old guest house. Sauna comments continue. People still talking about the sauna because that's that's a conversation piece. I am in New York right now. I am sick. I don't know if you can hear in my voice. I wish I could get in that sauna because that would just bake the hell out of this uh, sickness. Thank you. Thank you, New York. Everyone in New York seems to have it. Uh, so it's making me feel back at home on the East Coast. Hopefully it'll go away. Also, we talk a little bit in this episode, uh, as Dr. Drew is a doctor, about my um, stress. I don't know if you've been tracking that as a theme uh, in the past couple episodes. I have been very stressed. Uh, we talk about that um, without any spoilers. I just want to say, turns out all I needed was rest. I'm convinced now that it was 99% uh, the, the life shift of having a baby. I'm feeling better. Um, the book is, is pretty much done, almost entirely done, and all is well. I won't say anything else because we do talk about it in this podcast, and, and, it's, and it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to some upcoming events. On uh, the 20th, January 20th, that's this Sunday, uh, really need some views here, guys. Um, crashing is my favorite thing to do, obviously. It's, a, it's my TV show on HBO, and we love making it, and we need people to watch the show. As I always say, we need people to watch it as it's coming out, um, because it's not, it's not like a streaming service. It's like uh, regular TV. It airs. Obviously, it helps if you watch it on HBO Go or HBO Now as well. But please watch it when it airs if you can. It's on this Sunday at 10 p.m. after True Detective. We love this season. I am firm in, uh, in the fact that this is our best season by far. Um, Artie Lang is back. Ray Romano. Um, John Mulaney. Just incredible guest stars. Jamie Lee is back. Um, and uh, a new uh, wonderful actor that I know you're going to fall in love with, Madeline Wise. It's an incredible season. Check it out. Uh, it's about kind of like, to give you the two tongs that I would say, it's about tongs. It's Pete dating sort of like a free-spirited, sex-positive, um, unembarrassed, open, exciting woman. Uh, and obviously that's challenging to me and my character, <laughs> both of us. And he also starts doing um, a Christian comedy tour, like a lucrative Christian comedy tour. Um, so his faith sort of circles back to him in an unexpected way. So uh, please watch that. Lots of laughs, lots of interesting conflict and weirdness. And some, some much-needed wins for Pete. It's not just getting kicked in the nuts over and over. Um, it, for those of you that are sensitive to that sort of stuff. Uh, so that's this Sunday, January 20th. I'll also be at Largo January 31st and February 27th for Pete Holmes living at Largo. Those are the only live stand-up shows I'm doing right now. Uh, if you can come out, if you're in L.A., if you're near L.A., those shows are always awesome. Largo is hands down my favorite place to perform, and uh, I'll be doing a nice long stand-up set at both of those. So come uh, hear some of, my, some of my new jokes. And, and if you want to hear some of the jokes I just dropped, Dirty Clean on HBO. Uh, here are the Pete's Picks. I think you know this by now, Pete's Picks. Uh, I decided a while ago to stop just doing random ads and only endorse things that I absolutely, truly love. 
and I'm passionate about. The first one, it's a new one, is Kachava. Kachava has totally changed my life. It's a plant-based, born-in-the-jungle, nutrient-dense, superfood drink mix, chocolate-flavored, vanilla-flavored, 100% plant-based, omega-3s from chia and flax. I don't know if you listened to me and Dr. Furman talk about how important chia and flax seed are for your health, for your daily health uh, and disease prevention. Eight super fruits, 17 greens and veggies, it's gluten-free, it's soy-free, and it's free of artificial sweeteners and preservatives. It has just enough coconut nectar in there to make it sweet and delicious, just the right amount of sweet. Uh, it's got digestive support built right in, 1,000 milligrams of adaptogens, 24 grams of protein, plant-based protein, boom, and 9 grams of fiber. But here's the thing. There are other, one, there are other drink things like this, like cachava. Cachava, and I've tried them all, I swear. I mean a lot of them. Kajava is the only one that is actually delicious. I bought it to add to my smoothie. Turns out it is the smoothie. Two scoops of kachava in water. That's it. Makes it creamy and delicious because there's powdered coconut milk in the mix that mixes with the water. It makes coconut milk. So it actually makes it like a milkshake, just adding it to water. No other superfood drink mix comes close when it comes to taste. Uh, the test is that Valerie loves it. Um, I throw frozen strawberries in there with the chocolate, uh, a little bit of almond milk, throw that up, throw that up, you know what I mean, the, the switch, <laughs> throw the switch up on the blender, boom, strawberry chocolate, cachava, ice cream, makes you feel amazing, gives you like a nutrient dense high from maca, from cacao, I travel with it, it's basically a meal and a pill, keeps you full all day. I need it in my new baby lifestyle, my traveling road comedian lifestyle. For 20% off your order, go to kachava.com slash weird. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird. Get 20% off. The other piece pick that I've been swearing by uh, every day for years now, you know it, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. Hemp, it's made from the hemp plant. It's oil from the hemp plant. But they use science to remove THC, which is what gets you stoned when you smoke the hemp plant, and they leave the body and brain beneficial CBD. Uh, it's, it's exactly what I wish uh, smoking pot was without any of the intoxication. There's none of that uh, inebriation. It doesn't take you out of the game. In fact, it helps me work. It helps me focus. You can read on it. You can be creative on it. You can follow a movie on it. It doesn't uh, get you stoned. That's not what it's about. In fact, it's legal in all 50 states because it's just CBD oil. It's uh, just no THC. There's uh, mint chocolate flavor. Tastes like a thin mint. Makes you feel better than a thin mint. For me personally, what I love about Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil is it is an anxiety reducer. I take it before parties or social situations where I can be tense. I take it when I'm traveling. I take it when I'm under a lot of stress, like we're in New York doing a lot of press right now. Sometimes in between interviews, nine and 10, take a little Charlotte's Web. Makes me a little bit easier to laugh, a little bit quicker to smile, a little bit more engaged, a little bit more present instead of like just focusing on a headache or some sort of fatigue that I'm experiencing. They also make balms, B-A-L-M, balms that are infused with hemp and CBD in the same way. Rub it on your sore muscles. Sometimes I put it on my forehead, helps get a headache go away. I've actually come to put a little bit just on the, just on the tip of my ear <laughs> and something about it helps me sleep, makes me feel fantastic. They have a whole lot of products. Try them all, try the ones that you like. I like getting stronger. 
formulas because they might be a little bit more expensive, but you can literally just take drops of them. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code KEEPITCRISPY for 10% off. Okay, guys, that's it. Try some cachava. Cachava. And uh, try some Charlotte's Web. Uh, the podcast is always free, but that's a nice way to try a Pete's Pick and also show your support. And please, 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 please watch Crashing this Sunday on HBO, uh, January 20th at 10 p.m. after True Detective. And maybe I'll see you at Largo. But please watch Crashing. Okay. Enjoy, Dr. Drew. Yet in yet. Excellent. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. How much science do you know? Science? <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah. Is this because the, you don't want it on the record? Is this, a, like, is this a porn podcast? Um, is this because is it too intimate? Th- no, it's not too intimate. Well, if we start having sex, it would be just then about be appropriate for the, the right level of yeah. Oh, I mean, that's not it feels intimate, swingy back here. It feels swingy. It feels yeah. This is good though. You were alive in the sixties. <laughs> was alive in the sixties. Thank you for reminding me. God, <laughs> nice way to start this podcast. How old are you? I'm just I am six. No, I know you're sixty years old. And mother effing years old. How do you feel about that? Are you proud about that? Because you, um, should, you I, I'm, it's a leading question. Because I hope you are. No, I'm not good. You're sixty. Yes, yes, it's good. <laughs> it, it, look, but hold on, it, it's, it's good and bad, like everything, right? And so it's great because the the sweep of history is something I can really like understand now like i have a perspective like the arc know. like you've seen enough yeah, life I that you go where oh. i go oh i understand shit i don't understand anything that's just the way it goes wait it's your conclusion after my understanding my conclusion decades. is after seeing a lot of history and reading a lot of history and living a lot of history is that it's too complicated for anybody to know anything about anything ah i don't know what's good what's bad there was some old i don't Somebody just once told me an old Chinese proverb about essentially like a farmer who breaks his leg and then can't farm, but because he can't farm, he digs in the backyard and strikes oil. Then when he strikes oil, his sons get drug addiction. You know, that kind of thing. You never know what's good in the, right. the big picture. You right. just know that things feel funny and you worry about things, but what's good, what's bad? There was know. a meditation that I did recently where the guy said um, – it's very comforting. He's like, yeah. the future that you imagine – has never happened to anybody. Correct. It's never happened. Right. You might be close. Like I was talking to Val about it. I was like, I'll probably have a yeah. meal at lunchtime tomorrow. <laughs> but like we really, like not just the but, events. But the further out you go, the less probable it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But not even just uh, events like lunch. Yeah. The the Rubik's Cube of who you might wake up as. Like I think it's very kind of charming that people seem to have some sort of, you know, command of who they're going to be moment to moment I, I know generally the major themes carry through you're you're, you're dr drew and you're for the most part so, say nice I, or I'm, this or I'm that little, i'm confused already what, who am i you're dr drew oh, okay got it, got it. well you're pretending to be dr got drew it. you know if, if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna do a little therapy thing well we're I, on a couch you I'm got on a comfy couch. right away you old 60 year old salty Fart. dog I, i'm on a couch and i'm and so we're gonna if we're gonna talk about where we're at and emotions and stuff. I'm I'm in a weird place. My radio partner just got fired. Like really, just as I was driving over here, somebody I've worked like intimately with for a year. Radio's a fucked up business. It's Is like, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, and she called me in hysterics because you can only hear it. There must be shady things happening. No, it's just it's it's, it's a business <laughs> that has its own culture and its own way of doing things. And so your radio it, partner on the Doctor Drew, the uh, midday live thing I was doing on KBC here, and they were fired, and they just boom fired because they just they run out of money and they move everybody around. And oh no, this happens all the time on radio. And all you're going to pay this person? 
I, she's just, I, <laughs> I, I, I put it on you. And you're going to John Stewart it during the writer's strike and keep paying them. Well, that's an interesting <laughs> way to do it. Oh. I don't know if that would... They well, cut my salary too, quite a bit. <laughs> Did they really? Oh, yeah. It's just bad. Radio's bad. But I don't. What, what's so confusing about that is podcasting is so, you know, banging. It's gro- It's got a little growth into it. It's still struggling, right? I mean, podcasting. I, I mean, see, this is what Corolla tells you. Man, well, the no, numbers Corolla are low, it, no, <laughs> and he then he, and he pays you in coffee. He, he makes a lot of money. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, but what does he pay you? I'm just kidding. Yeah, but no, I mean, I get, you have to be doing okay. How many podcasts are you on? I've got five. Five podcasts. Yeah. Now you're six. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I I have one with Adam. I have one by myself. It's all. all you have one by yourself. Yeah, I do one with Bob Forrest. You know, the guy from Slippery Rehab with the Was hat he and the fires. Not fired. Not fired. I do another Different. one with my old radio partner from same show who who quit um, on health and fitness, and then I'm going to do something with Tom Segura starting up in a couple of weeks on his network. On his network. Interesting. On the, your mom's house thing. Your mom's house. You ever done that podcast? I well, in researching you, I saw that you were on that. You pretty close. Do that. Podcast. Well, I'd like to. Yeah, I you like would, Tom you a would, lot. I, and I think you'd have a similar reaction to me. Which how's is that? Horror. <laughs> terror what the things why they show you oh they, they show you clips and stuff i didn't get that far things that their people send in and it's just horrible. you just re- it's like a reaction video you react to things essentially you're trying like to make what, sense violence? of things some of it i'm like, not, not a big like and this guy gets hit with a brick it's i'm like not snuffy violence it's okay. sort of goofy violence like you know guys doing a trick and falls over and whoops there's a cliff there yeah (laughs) isn't it weird that we love that stuff we were just watching home alone and we're like this is kind of fucked i know speaking that's probably why i said brick and home alone too he gets hit in the head with a brick no i listen i i was uh, when i was younger like when i was a kid three stooges i thought was funny or even even the road reminds me of the three yeah or even the roadrunner but now as a physician it's like are you effing kidding me? Any yeah. any of those simple, dead. not just dead, but like he, he brain, you know, n- closed head injury, messed yeah. up for months or maybe years, right. or maybe forever. Right. Just one of Mo's little moves on Curly, I know. and it's a it's, well, you hear the changed person. Who told me that story? Maybe you have a, a good doctor's perspective on this. Somebody told me a story of a woman was playing uh, slots in Vegas, yeah, and she was playing slots for like eighteen hours or something, yeah. and then when she got up, she got up in the perfect way that her leg just shattered. Just oh. one of those like you want to talk about. You never know what's going to come at yeah. you. Sometimes you apparently there's a way that you can get up that your body just wasn't ready you, for. It couldn't happen to you. Let's put it that way. You've got to be a seventy. You got to have some osteoporosis. You know, a lot of it. Little uh, calcium deficiency. Small Caucasian female. Yes. Yeah. What are you that doing? Happen. You seem like a healthy guy, but you know it's it's tricky. Will what you is? speak to this medicine? There's a lot of uh, debate. What you should be eating, for example. You're a very oh, yeah, healthy I'm, guy. I'm, I'm a I'm nut in that stuff. You're I, not I a, you. I'll tell you my nuttiness in a sec. I, I work out every day. That's not nutty. I'm good about that. And I, and I, or I try every day. And, and I use it as a study hall. I listen to podcasts. and lectures. Yeah. I, I really, it's been an extremely important part of my life, both cognitively, intellectually, and, and in terms of feeling better. Because uh-huh. I'm just good. But What do you do? I do a lot of – I lift heavy weights, bottom line. That's them. what I've been doing since I was 15. Lifting weights? And, and, and when, I have a whole setup in my garage. Uh-huh. And, and when I, I've been through trainers and this, and they always try to get me to do things, and I always drift back to just eight reps, four sets, heavy weights. That's that. Really? Yeah. And uh, 
it's sort of variations on that theme. I guess we're, we bored you. Katie doesn't like we you. just bored her. <laughs> she, she lasted about three minutes. That was Katie a does not like this, apparently. Wow. Really she just rubbed her the wrong off. way. Anyway, Something about eight reps, four pounds. But yeah. And, but, I, but I think I have like a mild eating disorder, and so I like have sort of an exercise bulimia, and I've always like always had a diet thing going on. And wait, bulimia is the is the vomit one, right? But the and it's where you binge and purge, and you vomiting is one version. Oh, of you it. work out, purge. yes, yeah. Ooh, you not? Yeah, that's it's fun. a common thing. It's a pretty common thing. I've heard that with alcoholics that a lot of alcoholics will party real, real hard, and it's a, it's kind of a stereotype that the next day they're in the gym, right. going hard, right? right like right. it's almost as bad as they were. They'll be good, and that's a little different with alcohol because that's a way of of, of uh, maintaining denial. Right. It's, yes. it's a very buttressing denial. Boy. In my case, it's just, you know, it's just a chronicle thing. That's and, interesting. You're binging and purging, so you'll eat and then you'll work out real hard. Right. And, or I'll start running or something. As, as little, but I, I don't do it bad. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's a manageable binge and purge. It's just a little background kind of thing. It's right. always been with me. And, but because of that, uh, I recently got on a carnivore diet. Like, first, it started as a keto, and I went all the way over to carnivore. And God damn it, I feel really good on that diet. Oh, really? Yeah. You're ridiculous. just eating animal faces? Yes. <laughs> and I feel horrible about it. I mean, I, in many ways, I really Well, the ethics of it is the, I worry about the ethics. I worry about the environmental impact. And then I have more salami. Salami, bacon, Dr. Drew? Bacon, I beg your pardon. Bacon? Yeah. It's all in the See, diet. I mean, well, you... I, I, I don't want to sound accusatory, but very few medical doctors have nutrition training i mean well i i'm because we do that podcast we've interviewed a number of people on this topic and it's it's uh, the science is not as clear as you think it is is I that mean, right i mean it's definitely a plant-based diet is a good thing there's no doubt about that sure but whether or not some of these other sort of high protein high animal you know product diets are a bad thing is an is a questionable story when it comes to like cholesterol and whatnot well, I, the different but stories i take cholesterol hear. medicine i take blood pressure medicine my my cholesterol is never That's always so interesting i talked to colin quinn who had a heart attack and i was like so what are you doing differently he's like i'm taking lipitor taking his i was like what yeah that's but that's do. absurd. That's what you do. That's absurd. That's the one you thing. You can't have a heart attack. And I would say this if Colin was in the room. Uh. You can't have a heart attack and just go, and now I take medicine and continue eating pepperoni pizza. Oh, no. He should this adjust. This is ridiculous. He should adjust. But you're saying you don't and, adjust. You just said you oh, take Oh, my your, cholesterol's your... never been better than on this diet in my life. Tell me everything. Because only life. animal products have cholesterol. It's, so you're it's eating... not about cholesterol. It's about the fat. And it's about the saturated fats. And there's debate about the full... Really, it's it, the whole story is about your, your oxidated uh, low-density lipoproteins and how they become oxidated and what the genetics are and w- whether you're on medicines or not. It's it's a complicated. It's not as simple. Can as Can we make. though reduce all of that to say you like eating bacon? <laughs> and I, I don't love it, but you I know, feel what, great on isn't it. Isn't there like a confirmation bias though that you're like I would like to prove that bacon is no, okay to eat? No, no, no. I I was always very plant based. Really, and it was I was convinced. All right, so so I was doing this. Uh, let me just finish the thought though on this. And I'll tell you. It's like, wait, can I just to help you understand what I'm saying? If you yeah. type in like whiskey yeah. into Google, you can. It's comfort, you can get it'll just say like why a little bit of whiskey is good every day. Correct. Like those are the only but, stories but, that get any. But traction. you gotta you gotta understand that all of science is that way. Science is a very. There's no truth in science. It's all an evolving process. It's a moving thing. It's like an yeah. organism. Yeah, it's always evolving. But and, it and also like an organism, it can have all these like weird motives and different oh, influences. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we have, a, we have a flawed system that we're using to evaluate. That's our brain. 
Right. Our brain is not a perfect instrument. It's way more flawed than we're aware of. Minute right. Minute. That's, that's interesting. Uh, Keep uh, going. Yeah. Um, but you try to be as objective as you can about you know evaluating the math. You just try to stick with the math as best you can. Uh, oh shit! What was I saying? That, that I'm so sorry. I was the, asking the, if you just want to eat bacon. <laughs> no, I don't really. That's the what happened was. So what happened was I was doing a health fitness podcast, and we had Mark Bell on. And Mark Bell convinced me to go back to lifting very heavy weights again. I was like, oh, my back hurts, my shoulder hurts. He goes lift heavy weights. Go back to your like when you're a kid. I'm like, oh, this is going to kill me. This this will do it. So I started doing it, and I felt better. And I and things did get better, and I immediately gained twenty pounds of muscle. And, mm, not exactly. Oh, and then they go, okay, well now you got to go on this keto diet. And I'm like, I'm not. No, I don't. I just don't want to. And finally, they convinced me. And, and I don't do things halfway, so I went into it. And boy, in a week, I felt like eight hundred percent better. It was ridiculous. Really, yeah. keto is the height you want to run on fat. Yeah. You're eating a lot of yeah. no sugar, right? No, no, no carbs. No, no carbs. Sugar, that's the bottom line, but no but also sugar. like a lot of fat. Are you putting like butter in your I, coffee? I, in yes, and and I can't get. I can't. Can, isn't there a part of you that as you're putting a stick of butter in your coffee, you're like, even if this works, worry this isn't right. I, I, I don't. Not right I don't just like, mean conventional my, wisdom. Just, that just so you know, my wrong. HDL has never been higher. Uh-huh. My triglycerides have never been lower, and my LDL is spot where it always is. In in my life, what I'm saying, in my life. As I've never been able beings, to get my HDL up, my triglycerides down ever. It's very, it's crazy, it's fascinating. Yeah. As human beings, though, any diet that requires a huge departure from where we are, where the environment in which we were raised, mm. evolutionarily the, speaking, the, the, meaning eating the, a thousand animals a day or eating butter, a stick of butter. Early man had no access to this butter. Like so, the idea that you're like, this is what we should be having. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, is it? Doesn't it seem more like eat a variety of yes. plants and yes. things that you might grow and yeah. eat and have access to regularly? Yes. But if you're eating like a turkey and ham and chicken for breakfast, there's always just part of me that goes like, we've we've strayed from the path. Like, whether just, or not it works, I don't just know. The fact that we're not hungry all day is a stray from the environment of evolutionary adaptedness. What you're talking about, you think. And, what to oh, explain? Yeah. We we eat way more calories than we would have gotten on the savannah, right? That's true, right? And and you know we and we would have had a, a variety of things for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't like I don't like think about this stuff very much. I really don't. Is that right? Yeah. Why? I just rather <laughs> think about other things. I rather think about my therapist would be like, I, boredom is the beginning. Like, the what world. is it? <laughs> it's no, like we need world. to follow. I that. worry more about the world and what's going on. And I understand. I worry about yeah. your heart. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it sounds like it's heart. doing wonderful. I, I, yeah, it is. Doing I'm going to explode. <laughs> no, it seems to, it seems to be okay. And we'll we'll see. I'm worried about. It. I I don't know how long I'm going to stay on this. I'm thing, interesting so. in the binging and purging though. Have you looked oh. at the psychology of that? That's you, very you know, I had 11 years of therapy. Yeah. 11 years of therapy. Yeah, weekly. At least. Yeah. Uh, And it was very deep and very intense. And these kinds of things that I have, these quirky whatevers, are way mild. And I used to have a lot of anxiety. I'm prone to depression, maybe even cyclothymia a little bit. What is that? Like ups and downs Uh a bit. Is that what most people would call manic? No, because I don't really get to that. I don't don't think. You don't go up and... I don't go up that high. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten severely depressed, like in college, and so I was severely mm. had panic attacks and all that stuff. Um, but then after therapy, all that stuff just became really mild. Talk therapy really helped mild. your panic attack. Oh, like crazy! Really? Well, panic attacks I sort of grew out of, but my generalized anxiety disorder stayed, and that is way reduced. What did that? Can you share? I mean, it's- my, the, fundamentally, my thing was I had uh, I think sort of a mild what's called alexithymia, 
where I was disconnected from feeling states. I did my primary emotional states were not were faint. I couldn't connect to them well. I had a is this depersonalization? Like I had all that too, yeah. but it's, I'm not talking about that. No. I had that in panic, but I'm talking about just that feelings were were faint. They just were way off in the distance. I couldn't feel them. I couldn't identify them very well, <laughs> and and because I had a. I had a emotionally abusive mom, and I had poor rapprochement. You know that going and coming stuff that children do. I got none of that. What's go- going and rapprochement coming is where you you go out in the world and come back. Go, mommy, mommy, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. And you go back out in the world. You get refueled. Uh, you get refueled by your parents, and the attachment figures. I didn't have any of that. What did and you have? A, a, a angry, cold, judgmental, emotionally abusive this you're in person. <laughs> this is that's, we get the doctor part. Anybody would be a doctor, <laughs> but why you're a celebrity doctor? Now I understand. Oh my god! But talking about it helped. Oh, the talk, the, the therapy was fantastic. I think that's so yeah. fascinating. Just I had a very deep, emotionally um, focused therapy it was good. And what what is what do you do with your? Because I, I was texting my mother today, and mm-hmm. I, I love my mom. But I am sort of lying when I say, like, what I mean is I'm favoring a certain type of truth when I'm texting with her because I'll, I'll rewrite the text to be more positive. I'm going to remember next time I want to defend lying, favoring yeah. a certain type of truth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope the White House doesn't listen to this because that's a new – He'll use it. Well, show I don't want to sound cruel is, is that, like, instead of writing out the complicated truth of my feelings that my mother is coming to visit on Thursday, Uh-oh. I'll just say – I'm so excited that you're coming. Right. That's not really true, but it gives me a more favorable outcome. <laughs> Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. It sounds worse than it is. Because Because it, it, you're lying and you're full of shit, yeah. uh, b- but you're pragmatic and you know she's not going to change and right. you've learned how to manage that. Isn't that terrible? And as long as, you aren't, <laughs> as long as you aren't abandoning yourself in that process, I fully endorse it. That's interesting. It's yeah. a type of lie that we can kind of be behind. It's like if it's if you're actually genuinely okay with it, not just acting out the old stuff, right? Then yeah, what the hell? I might be acting out the old stuff. In fact, I probably am, and it is a little bit. Uh, I'm surrendering some of my will and some of my well being to do it. I don't like it. I like living in because like truth. So, so my my mom was impossible, and I got nothing out of the relationship. But I had to finally go. What do I need to do with this relationship to be a good son? Because I want, for me, I need to be a good son. You want to be a good son. So I was a good son. I got nothing in return, but I knew I wouldn't. And that's just the way it was. You just, but okay, so your mom, let's say you're now 39 and your mom is visiting mm-hmm. and you have complicated feelings about that. Your mom's a little high maintenance. I would, uh, <laughs> it sort of takes years, over your life. 10 you have a lot of, of therapy, work to do. Much more therapy. But what would you do? Uh, like, what would I do with her? My mom, I do put up boundaries. Like, I have boundaries. Like, my father texted, I don't mean to make this, but I want, I want to extract it. what you have. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And not just for my benefit. Your father I think a texted lot of people, you? my father texted me, Peter, why? This is his voice. Why isn't your mother staying at your house when she comes? Why isn't she? Why isn't she? And he he makes it sound innocuous. He's like, I'm just wondering. Mm. Yeah, all right, just wondering. Now, do you tell him because she would drive me crazy? No, I write. write, Well, okay, that might be draft one. Or or do we just say, it's a little tight in here. She wouldn't be that comfortable. That's a lie. Right. I mean. One is the truth and one is. What I did was, it's just a preference. We like to oh, have like our that. space. I like that. I like it. I love mom, it's but preference. it's nice to have our own areas. I love it. Okay, uh, so that's a good it. answer. It's good because he can't really come back with anything. Well, he didn't reply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. It's very neutral. I like that. So I, I'm pretty good. I actually think I'm better than most at boundaries with my parents. The problem is is, is when, I, when my mom is coming, and that's sort of this inevitability, mm-hmm. and if I really stay in my truth and go like, 
you know, it really kind of stresses me out that you're here. Like, that doesn't help. I, I guess I'm manufacturing a fantasy. If I go like, I'm glad that you're here and it's fun, we have a better chance at having fun than if I'm like, honestly, mom, it's kind of a tense time and uh, I right. just saw you a month okay. ago. So, so <laughs> the way I experience that is that your relationship is you're serving her. See, this is what this is where I don't want to. I love this is it. one of the problems in parenting today is that the kids are there for the parents as the parent, as opposed to the parents being there for the kids, right? So it, it, ring the bell, right? That's a thing we say on the podcast. It's not, but yeah. it should be because it's a great point. <laughs> and, and so the reality should be as adults, there should be at least some some mutuality in the relationship, but there isn't. It's still you're making her feel good and serve her needs and do whatever it is you need to do to make her okay, right? When it should be, she's present for you. Yeah, you have a re- your reactions, and then she you're present for her, and right. that's an adult exchange. I mean, what was it like with your mom? What, what kind of a difficulty were you having with her? Oh, abusive all the way through, and so physically, yelling. no, verbally, no, if emotionally, manipulatively. Verbally. So, like, emotional. like towards the end, she would call me, and she uh, saw your success. She witnessed it enough. She saw it. That's crazy. <laughs> so what a telling answer. She would always. She witnessed she would, it. Uh, she it happened. Al- she would always ask why I'm not doing more here, more of this, more of that. And, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. I, I would never acknowledge for anything. Ever, 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 ever. Uh, and is that why so many podcasts? <laughs> maybe. I, it may be. But, I, but I, it's mine now. It's, I, you know, it's good. I like the work. All this. I enjoy it. Right. Um, it benefits you. You've taken you enjoy it. I actually, actually really, really like it. You just like working. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I love what I've created. I love that I could do all these things. I'm so grateful. I, it's, like, it's like I'm a little bit you know, at a buffet. You know, I, like, I have to watch it. I might eat too much because I, I, right. I like doing all this stuff. What does really it feel like it. when you're disconnected from it? Like if you went hypothetically, you're from... I was in Cuba last week. I Cuba? was disconnected. I, Cuba, yes. I can disconnect. But you weren't working? No. Oh. I, was just with their kids I actually my... meant more like that's a vacation. Yeah. Right. But what if you were like stuck back in some sort of terrible movie that I'm going to write for you about you going home to visit? Where are you from? Pasadena. Pasadena. It's not great. Let's say yeah. you're from New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, I go back to New Jersey because I want you to be trapped. Yeah, yeah, I don't want you to be able to drive. And you're with your old friends, and you're kind of in your own ways. I get very itchy. I, I need the outlets that I've created: stand up, podcasts, writing, all yes. these things. They're emotional outlets for me. It sounds yes. like that's what you're saying with a buffet, right? Like you found ways They're, to feel like for me, they feel move like energy. Yes, they feel more cre. I don't know the word to use than creative. Yeah, creative. Yeah. They don't feel emotional. Like I'm not. I don't feel like I'm solving any emotional problems with them. Oh, that's interesting. I feel really just grateful that I've sort of, sort of, put together all these different pieces of myself so I can do these things that are a creation all the time. I'm always creating, right? And and it's and it's and it's all parts of myself that are being used when I do that. But that makes you grateful and happy. Grateful and happy, absolutely. Yeah, those are those are good. I I will tell you, whenever whenever you see people talking about gratitude. You know they're in a good place. Mm. You notice that? Yeah, that's interesting. There's, there's very few, little, lot, not enough gratitude. Talk You'll never have like the crumb at a party being like, "I'm just very grateful yeah. right now." <laughs> like, yeah, because as soon as you start, isn't there science behind that? You start talking about what you're grateful for. I mean, you're in addiction. Well, it it guy. also, yeah, it also makes you healthier to talk about your gratitude. But I just noticed that people that are mentioning gratitude sort of spontaneously, you kind of know they're in a good place. That's you know? interesting, yeah. and that are aware of it. 
Yeah. Not necessarily. They just I, I just I'm aware of it when they start when I start hearing those Oh, I don't mean aware that they're doing it a lot. They're just aware of the concept of gratitude. Oh yeah. Whether or not they're having it or not having right. it. Right. They're aware that that's Well but like, you know what's interesting about that is that I, I don't if you look at sort of the religious, particularly Western religious traditions, a lot of a lot of grateful, 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 grateful in, in the traditions. And as people have drifted away from that, I, I think they've drifted away from like giving thanks. Cuts? Saying grace, that sort of stuff. All that stuff. Psychologically. Thank you, God, for what you've provided. Thank you, whatever. Right. Always, thank you, thank you, thank you for this family. Thank you for my health. Thank you, thank you. Right. We don't, we don't, we've drifted way off that. Yeah. And I think, I think that, that is one thing I, I think people, there's a lot in addiction medicine that is sort of pulling from old religious traditions that were, you know, Big G, good. Yeah. <laughs> However, whatever your proclivities yeah. are, they're just things about the, those, those traditions that are good for humans. Well, having a the psychology of having a higher power, that's I think, another piece. Is that's another sort piece. of undeniable. But we, in my role, let that be whatever you want it to be, for sure. You know, and uh, just got to get you out of your own head. We deal with all that right. stuff, right? Because if you're not in a gratitude to something, even if it is something as vague as the universe, or I've heard people claiming the ocean or something, sure, just oh, having the idea of something, mm-hmm. then it takes you out of the luck, bad luck model, like right. It's funny. That's not how I experience it. I understand why you would say that. the 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 way I experience the gratitude is is simply a state of some sort of grace, maybe that you get from just you know living your best life. Number one, cause but, and effect, maybe. But but the bigger thing is the higher power for in the world I live work in is gets people away from controlling everything. Mm. So the concept of faith becomes just we just have faith, just relax, just let go, let go, have faith, capitulate, have faith that because the addicts, alcoholics control everything, they have control everything. They're, all, they're mm. often trauma survivors, Trump's are control everything, mm. and you have to you have to be willing to let go. And if you feel like the world's going to come unglued if you let go, you, you got to have some faith, right? And couldn't you have faith in just the idea that we're just bags of neurons obeying? Yeah. Electrical, but I mean, when people talk about God's will, yeah, like a very secular, material way of defining God's will is just saying we're all just these bags of things that are operating. You're right, but the problem with that is, and you can get in these very weird conversations about. uh, I think we're determinism, (laughs) right? Free will, free will, determinism. Where where are you? I'm the the compatibility. I'm a compatibilist. You mean you're in both? Middle, yeah. What does that mean? I, I mean that there's a lot that's determined. There's a lot, but that, that there's something I'm trying to actually. My son's a mathematician, and we're always talking about developing some sort of math nerd. <laughs> a little bit <laughs> mathematical modeling. Sorry, it was the '90s so, for a second. So. <laughs> Sorry, it was 1992, and I had to yell nerd. Just when you say mathematician, yeah. So. I mean, plenty he actually of people is it. He actually is it. He's all. not a nerd. No. Well, I mean, I just fun, just a no, comedy fair joke. Fair enough. <laughs> what an absurd thing to do and derail you. Your son's a mathematician. Um. We're talking about determinism, yes. and you're both, uh, and that there's trying to develop some mathematical models where the space for free will could could evolve. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of complicated. It seems like a science fiction movie where they inadvertently create free will. They're like, now there is a person, yeah, like an AI that actually has free will. That will never happen. An AI? Mm-mm. You don't think AI will? Because we're too we're embedded in a body. We're too we're an embedded system. We're embedded in the body. The body's embedded in a social context. That social sphere is embedded in an environment. We're just too embedded for it just to be a cognitive system. 
you know, a, a You mean you can't system. take our consciousness and, and no create way. it in Not ones and zeros? Not even close. Really? Not even Isn't close. the consensus against you? I, I, uh, I'm, Kurtzwell I, and all those I bet fellas? the majority is, yeah. but, but they really don't understand consciousness because consciousness is an embodied experience. It's two bodies, really. And I believe it's, by the way, a co-creative phenomenon. I believe it's... I confirm your consciousness. You, we, co- a, we co-create it. Right. Like, in other words, I, I, my sense of... Like, if uh, the way I... I, so I exist sort of, because you see me? <laughs> essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's where the self emerges and that kind of thing. But imagine if you were a feral child raised in the woods and you came out after 15 years... You would not have something we would call consciousness. You, sure you, you would. Mm-mm. It would be what's looking out your eyes when you're eating a stick or wiping your ass with a fox. You would just be in the moment. You'd just be behaving. That is consciousness. Not in the way we – that that's – it's awakeness and it's awareness. But I wouldn't call that consciousness. You wouldn't I, have a sense of self. You mean self-consciousness. Uh, well, that's – You that's mean a, ego identity. All that stuff is wrapped into consciousness. But you would have right? consciousness. You would have awakeness. You would have the ability to to respond to threatening. Maybe we have more liberal definitions of conscious. I mean, yeah. I, I look at a flower and I'm like, it's conscious. Look, it's turning towards the sun. There's so you, a conscious. So you, you're a, you're a like a Leibnizian monadist, which where everything you know, conscious is in atoms. There's consciousness in everything. Of course. <laughs> I mean, there's a system at play, right? But I, I'm not <laughs> consciousness. But there are people that believe that. It's interesting. I mean, I, I guess I would say that that is the phenomenon of. Consciousness, the way that an atom and electrons are moving is I get that. I a get consciousness. That. I, I, I don't I mean that. they're going like, I'm an atom and my name R- is Steve. That's right. weird. That is weird. You know, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's consciousness the way that... But isn't that just a construct? The fact that, that when you said I'm Dr. Drew, I said, well, you're pretending to be Dr. Drew. <laughs> That's me saying your consciousness going like every morning you wake up and you look in the mirror and, and you're like, oh, right, I'm that guy yeah, from Celebrity right. Rehab. And, yeah. and then you go around... Believing the story that your brain tells you that yesterday yeah. was like this yeah. and today is going to be yeah. like this, and here I am, uh, I'm telling you that you are Doctor Drew, and that confirms yeah. it, and, and you tell me that I'm Pete, yeah. and this is kind of what most people are doing. It's yes. like you're a mailman, you're a guy. Yeah, but but I do believe that that we leave parts of ourselves behind on each other. Like if somebody were to be a great intuitive around you, they could pull out some part of me that I leave behind on you. If so, wait. Intuitiveness is the skill that would like kind of rub off on. If there was such a thing, yes. No, 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 no. They would, they would allow that part of me that I leave behind on you to sort of emerge. I, I think I understand what you're yeah. saying. You're saying if somebody is uh, like the I, like my wife, my wife has a bunch of psychic friends, and I and I watch how they work and stuff, and it, it's it's always a super intuitive kind of thing they do and i thought that's pr- I, I believe that maybe stuff left behind that we all leave on each other that's interesting so yeah. there is kind of a phenomenon going but I it's think. not the one that it appears to be right can i offer this yes i've been writing and working lately and john mulaney came over to see the baby we have a baby she's out congratulations right now. How old? she's out driving and smoking nice right good now. that's good getting high uh she's three months old <laughs> And hanging out with John, although this doesn't seem that phenomenal now that I think about it, he's also working on a book and just us talking about a book. I was so much more inclined to work on my book after sure. having hanging Inspired. out with another. Yeah, I, I guess that isn't very phenomenal, though. What are you talking about? I, I'm, it might I'm, be hard to put into words. I don't want it's to ineffable it a little bit, but, but I'm just talking about, to me, the nature of consciousness is co-created. 
and that you need other brains to create something that we really call consciousness. And part of that is self-awareness. And I would, again, I think it, I would call it self-identity. Yeah. Self-consciousness is, I would argue, a piece of it. And, yeah. and, and the feral child's awareness and just reacting is also a piece of it. But this, this fully developed thing that, you know, that we all think we live in, I think, is a social construct. Because they, they can't they, – <clears throat> let's put it this way. They, they're having horrible trouble trying to figure it out looking at a single skull. But a I would argue skull brain. Uh-huh. But if they would start looking at other brains with it, I think they would. I think it would evolve a sort of systems explanation for what we think is consciousness. Yeah, I think we're out of my depth uh, because I never. When I had Penn Jillette on the podcast, and he's talking about they're working on a theory of consciousness, and mm-hmm. I think most people are sort of like, "What is that?" Well, there's many theories of consciousness, and many different schools. Of, yeah. Do you know any? I I listen to lots of podcasts about it, and and all of them seem very. But can I go ahead? All of them seem give me give me Japan's version. Well, he just said they're working on it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's fun because I am like a. It sounds like your wife is like I enjoy the basic wonder of the fact that we exist. I I really trip out on that, and I will admit that as a believing type faith person and that enjoys good myths and stories and ineffable things, I lean on the idea that we can't explain consciousness a lot, as do most good mystical traditions. Is, you know, you're Jewish, the God God saying, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. He's just saying, I am consciousness. I mm-hmm. am the experience of being. Mm-hmm. And that that's what God is. So when I, I think a lot of mystical people like to, I don't want to say raise our noses, but we do like to go, well, science doesn't, can't explain consciousness. They can't recreate consciousness. They can't break down consciousness and build it again. All of that scientific model stuff. Okay. So, so be, I think maybe it's my biological, I'm embedded in biological thinking and experiences and stuff. And so I, I sort of, my, the experience, thing I've been talking about is sort of a biological explanation for it, which is fu- at its fundamental, something I've not described to you in any detail, but I say the brain is embedded. There's a lot going on in our bodies and autonomic nervous system that we don't know shit about yet. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that even going back and forth between us sitting here in this porn set, <laughs> whatever this is. It's that we're significant on. that you think this is a porn set. <laughs> is, 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 is a lot of stuff going, information exchanging. That's that a miracle. Not, it's a, I'll, it's crazy. I'll give you that. It's crazy. It's a miracle. It's I've a talked miracle. to an AI robot and I was like, fuck you. My brain hurt for three weeks afterwards. Why? why? I seriously had a headache why? for three why? weeks because it was so frustrating. For my perfect, elegant instrument to talk to this fucking turd joke, yeah. the height of technology, yeah. so much so that it was a guest on a talk show. We didn't air it because mm. it was so bad. Mm. I was like, how's it going? And it was like, it was like talking to Siri. And at the end of it, my instrument was smoking and well, angry that ever it heard couldn't the, do what we're doing so effortlessly. Ever heard of the Uncanny Valley? No. There's a, there's a thing in robotics called the Uncanny Valley. And I believe it has something to do with, again, our evolutionary adaptation to illness or something that the closer a human a, a, a robot that we'll call this AI robot a robot yeah yeah sure the closer it gets to humanoid the more we like it the more we like it until it gets really close and then we go then we hate it really we, can't stand it. we just we just we recoil like we're disgusted that it's was the, it's called the uncanny valley we I fall into this that. valley where we're disgusted by it that sounds like and, a philip k dick book the, the uncanny, uncanny valley. valley that's perfect <laughs> and it explores that idea that's not what was going on here she would often like <laughs> Well, I mean, this sounds very human when I say it, yeah. but you would just bring something up and then she'd just be going like baseball was invented and, yes. you know, and you're just like, 
okay, maybe this is a human, but I hate this. I hate yeah, yeah. this human. Yeah, it is yeah. not listening to me. Right. And we're back to mothers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why you hated it. I don't know. I is your mother alive? Don't go on. Have you taken psychedelics? Uh, I have not. I, I, would they, I worry too much about brain damage from that stuff. But I'm. Uh, have you ad- seen them? Uh, have I seen them? Yeah. Have you seen that as a doctor? Oh, yes. Really? Hor- horrible. Oh, yeah. Tell I mean, me everything. I, I treated like people from Joe Cocker, Mad Dogs and Englishmen. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen that movie? I, you mean and, you treated Joe Cocker? No, people in that tour group that went oh. around with him and did shit, tons of LSD, and they ended up in nursing homes. Really? It was really damaging. Yeah. Whoa. So it just seeing a lot of that, a lot of severe mood disturbances and stuff, it makes me scared. But I'm a huge advocate for their therapeutic use. Yeah. When MDMA, I think, is on the way. All of them. If we, could, if we could understand the risk-reward ratio better by studying it, which no one let – we're just beginning to. Yeah. Uh, like if I had an end-of-life problem, I'm convinced I would probably do a mushroom trip. Or oh, really? maybe an LSD trip because the, the data on that is really good on people's anxiety about dying. Really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, very good. And if I had PTSD, I think MDMA is something that I would really think about. And you know, So there's a lot yeah. of good uses that are worth the risk. Right. Just otherwise, me sitting here, I'm not sure it's worth it. But yeah, I mean, I wonder if there's evidence of just like using it once or twice that people you don't just know. Yes, there's, there's been weird stuff, hole. but I, you don't know. You just don't know. We just don't know. The studies haven't been done yet. Yeah. That's what drives me crazy. Yeah, and and whether or not, which is a different issue, is whether or not it would open the door. Uh, like uh, Duncan Trussell's a friend of mine. Do you know Duncan? Hey man, of course. Yes. Yeah. And, and we've had lots of talks about this, and and his idea is that. That the psychedelics take you up in an elevator, open the doors, show you a higher plane, and then close the door, you go back down again. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to find another way to yeah. get back up there, like through meditation, whatever, in For a more sure. permanent way. Yeah, and which so. is uh, you could be going at those experiences. Clearly, they unlock something in your brain. Something, yeah. That is there, I guess. I'm, I'm sort of with Duncan's theory because I've had psychedelic experiences while sober, not like full, unstoppable, vivid three-dimensional invasive you know experiences but you know you i've gotten close to those not places. on drugs not on drugs yeah uh, and meditating or yeah that's that's the oh, that's, that's the ticket man that sort of stuff meditation and that's awesome. stillness and and, and and you know yeah. you, you listen to sam harris's podcast and stuff. no i don't i've it's been recommended to me oh my times. gosh yeah you'll love him really? uh he's very much in that zone um i always wonder if i you had to spend a lot of time to get there a lot of work to do it yeah, I think that's one of the obstacles. I think it's a rather interesting problem. You'd want to talk about risk-reward. I think it's so interesting. You want to get uh, metaphysical about it yeah. or woo-woo about it. Yeah. Ram Dass would say that LSD, God came to the West as LSD because he was like, these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're just materialists and we want to push a button. So because Ram what Dass you're is... saying is we don't want to go in caves and we don't want to fast and we don't want to Right, I want to do all that work. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just true. So yeah. it's, a, it's a strange type of grace that it's like, well, okay, uh, here's a shortcut. Like here's a cheat code. Yeah. That's sort of how I feel about it. Because even as someone who has those experiences, it's very hard for me to sit down and, and meditate sometimes. Huh. So was, I get it. Was it life-changing? Uh, for sure. But then, I mean, you go back. Yeah. That's the sine wave of this game we're all playing. Is, right. Is you can have those peak experiences where you're just like, oh, fuck, I get everything. I get the interconnectedness of all beings. And then next, you're eating fucking Cap'n Crunch. Right. And you have diarrhea. And you're just like, my life is bad. And I'm writing a text to my mother where I'm like, I'm so excited. See, it, see well, it's funny that, that, that you describe it that way because – you know, seeing so much illness and you know reality of the human experience, it, it 
it's too real for me almost. Which part? The the, the reality, our, our biological reality, the reality of the human experience. Of suffering. Suffering and the range of things that happens to us. See, Val and I were just talking about this. She had an experience where she took um, some psychedelics, and I, I really think she wiped out her serotonin. You can do it. She did. Yeah. And um, it was a tricky time, and she was really despondent. Mm. And it was definitely chemical. It was definitely mm. like we shouldn't have uh, taken that, and uh, yeah. and it was bad. And um, she really feels betrayed. I was talking to her, and I was like, it's almost like her house got broken into, and now it's hard to feel safe in that house mm, again. Geez. But we're working on it. But this is the kind of risk that you know I worry about. No, I understand. And yeah. I like telling that story because I'm very pro-psychedelics, and yeah. I like to include that story. And Val is a person who enjoyed see, them, you, but you, was like, I don't know if I'd do them again. Yeah. But I do have a good question for you, but I'm going to allow your interjection because I'm going to write it down right now. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying that that I, I'm I'm <laughs> allow I'm, your interjection. I'm in for them. I'm up for them too. I have no I, see. I don't like this idea of good molecules and bad molecules. Oh, these are bad molecules. These are good. Right. Ethanol good. Cannabis bad. Right. LSD bad. Uh, Oxycontin good. That's the most insane stuff I've ever. Of course read. it is. Yeah. That's actually yeah. funny that you bring that up, and I'll remember my question because I'm writing a book. And I was very worried that I burnt myself out. And it's very funny that I'm talking to you today because I was panicking that I had to read the book that I already wrote. I got my editor's notes. And I just couldn't do it. My brain was just giving me a hard no. Mm. So the first thing I did was I went on vacation. I meditated more and I relaxed. And I was really worried that my faculty wasn't returning to me. Yeah. Like it was very, very frightening. Yeah. So I was like, I go to get Adderall, but I don't want to take it. I can't wait to put this to you. Yeah. Today, Dr. Drew, I, I resisted for months. I've had the bottle for months, and I've just been working normally with yeah. coffee. And, and, you've been just, doing, and you've been doing it? I've been doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, I was coming back. Mm. But today I had a lot to do, and I was like, what if I take it and it's just the greatest thing in the world? Okay. And I'll be like, why haven't I been taking it? I took half of a half. I broke a half. These tiny pills. Yeah, yeah. Broke it in half. Then I broke the other half in half and took the smaller because yeah. I couldn't break it perfectly. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> And then I was like, this is perfect. Count your blessings. I am talking to Dr. Drew today, and I know this is a complicated issue. I've done a lot of Googling and research and all this Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Uh, And I was like, I'm talking to you today. What do you make of everything I just said? I don't know your history, really. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any real special But what are you saying when you're like, count your blessings that you didn't like it? I mean, it's... Well, because if you're a drug addict, you'll like it. You'd love it. Yeah, maybe. But you'd at least like it. Or at least be prone to do it again. Yeah, so... So good. I, don't, I don't know if I'll do it. Yeah, again. and I, I'm not an Adderall fan. I, I mean, it's, it, for certain situations, yes, yes, but it's way overdone, way overdone. And you think ADHD is way overdiagnosed, especially in adults, especially in adults. Yeah, uh, and it, and I don't mind it being diagnosed, but it's over treated with psychostimulants. The, the, I'm not, the the adults, most of them are just drug addicts. Really? Yeah, that are just looking to score. Mm. Yeah, they they were. I mean, I mean, and my peers don't even ask them if they have history of addiction. And mo- many of them had meth habits. And like, and you give them dextroamphetamine, and guess what? They they like that. <laughs> guess what? That's shocking. How it's? I've heard that it's identical to methamphetamine. It's very closely related. Which is weird, though, that I was like, this is closely related to methamphetamine, and I still took it. Yeah, because there is some. And I was going in my head. I was like, these people don't care about you. Before I took it, this is why I didn't people? take it. Big pharma, oh, yeah. money machines. Yeah. I was just like, they don't give a fuck. Well, they they're just doing their science. I mean, they just do their research, and then I we, understand. And then the, the business end is just doing their business. We just do our job. We just you know who gets. We should be doing our job carefully as physicians. But American Sometimes, corporate 
model isn't isn't really up for compassion. It doesn't really care. It just wants me to get my. It just wants me to give the money, right? I'm not even that person. I'm just saying, like, they don't care. Who's they, though? I, I mean, I would There's care. There's a bunch I of care. different Every things. time I prescribe for a patient, I care deeply. That's very sweet. And, well, you're and, the human in this equation, but right. then it goes, it goes into... Right. What, 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 what's raining down on me doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, and, and the bureaucracy that is the medical system doesn't care. Just right? make more money than last year is what it cares about. Mm, but the only people that care are the caretakers. Right. You know, that's the only ones, and many of them don't care. You're right. Right. Many of them don't. It was, was an that, interesting experience. What was it? I had something f- shit. Oh, you know, in the in your going back to your book, I when I, I the best book I ever wrote was with Judith Regan called Cracked, and I was it was a very creative process. I'd never done anything like that before, and, I, and it was sort of surprising. Mm. And then nine eleven happened, and mm. I could not write a word for three or four months. Yeah, I couldn't do it. And I'm just wondering if that's maybe more. Well, we had the baby. Okay. Well, so of course. Yeah. I mean, because no, I put it to my writer's room. I was like, should Pete take Adderall? But a a (laughs) redebated it for weeks. Real creative (laughs) process requires a piece of your brain to work that is very touchy. Yeah. I mean, like I know when when I work with addicts, I'm working on a very intuitive level because everything's coming at me is bullshit. So I have to sort of like intuit what's going on with them. Uh. and after about two days of that, that just shuts down. It just stop. It just goes. No, nope, sorry, I'm tired. And really? I, have to, I have to take a break. I have to take a day off and go back. That's that's why slippery rehab was so hard for me because it was day in and day out and day in and day out. And it wears it wears out it just, your creative part. It, the intuitive part, yeah. The intuitive yeah. part is, is touchy. It, it's and it takes a lot to be involved with it. I wasn't again before therapy. I wasn't involved with it at all. Yeah, that's very interesting. A lot of people were saying like, "You just had a baby. You just yes, had a baby. that's it. I'm sure that's yeah. not ADHD." <laughs> I mean, and by the way, I really. I did, I, by the way, I didn't lie my way into. I understand, but a really careful practitioner would have talked to me. Heard all this that. is an episode of Doogie Howser. It really is, mm. where his dad gives Doogie a hard time for not talking to his patients because he's. But, just but not just him. talking. I mean, you got to like, you got to really do a careful history, listen profoundly, and I, I, I think of listening as a whole body experience. I don't just my ear. I'm, I'm listening to my whole body. Like, how do I react? What I feel? Is anything happening right, to me? Right, as right. I'm listening to this person, it's everything being right present. To me, I believe it. Fully present at your entire personhood, your entire, not in the way that you were talking about before in terms of the metaphysical present, but present in the sense of being able to listen thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is different. Do you think that's rare? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> right? I'm going to send you that Doogie Howser episode. You're going to love it. <laughs> I can't wait. He finally asks her uh, about her birthday dinner and finds that she was eating on antique plates that poisoned her. There, there but if he hadn't talked to her. Listen, my dad, who was a family practitioner, he said, he used to nail me with stuff. He'd go, Your most important diagnostic instrument is your ear. He'd always tell me that. It's your ear. That's it. You listen. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. So going back to what we were saying about Val, and I brought up her serotonin yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Although I, I was interested. I, I was dying was... to know what you wrote down was a question that you were supposed to remember. Yeah, yeah. No, it's here. All right. Would – it's a big one. <coughs> I'm, ready. I'm, ready. I'm ready, boss. Would the world be better without suffering? It wouldn't be the world without suffering. It'd be like – I wouldn't understand it. I agree. But when Val and you, I were, but you, but you're really talking about theodicy, right? Theodicy, 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 or theodicy? Maybe? Theodicy, the, theodicy, <laughs> theodicy is is how can there be an all powerful God that's good that allows the kind of bad that we have? Not in the world? really, 
But that, that's what theodicy is. That's what that, I like it, that, it's, but it's, that's it's, not what I was leading you towards. Uh, what were you leading me towards? I was leading you towards the idea that if we lived in a utopia, I was talking to Val, I was like, there must be meaning. What I would say, I'm just going to speak freely. You, I, would, <laughs> yeah, please. I was like, this is your karma. You had this bad experience. Yeah. You lost your serotonin. And I, my worldview is I believe that there's something in here to play with uh-huh. and to work with. And then we started talking a, a little bit about would the world be better without suffering? I grew up Christian believing that the world would be better and pain-free if everybody believed in mm-hmm. Christ. Later, it was a big epiphany when I was like, I don't think we're here to agree. I don't think we're all here to have the same mm-hmm. theology. And I don't necessarily think we're all here to not suffer. I think mm-hmm. we came into this plane of duality. And once good exists, evil exists. As, as somebody who did this podcast, Ramin Nazer said, as soon as you walk forward, behind you exists. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's an engine to suffering. It's difficult to talk to people about this that are suffering. But Val's pretty groovy, and we like talking about it. And I was like, I think in a world where it, it, it was utopian— and there was no pain. We're all just kind of eating ambrosia and getting blowjobs and swimming in the pool. There's, your, your brain can't handle that. I think people would go out and shoot yeah. themselves with nail guns. Yeah. You're, you, you need the contrast. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess what I was – that reason I asked you that question was you've seen a lot of pain. And mm-hmm. I want to be sympathetic because that's your pain. You, you mm-hmm. experienced a lot of pain there witnessing other people's pain mm-hmm. and ingesting that pain as an empathetic person Mm -hmm. but i wonder what your it's a big question what your view is about as a doctor you're trying to eradicate pain and i wonder if concurrently you you have a feeling of like you know duncan would say and i would agree that these things are vehicles like death is not a failure it's 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 this trans uh it's a it's a part of life it's built in i I agree i see i never i never saw my job as eliminating suffering is that right Never forgive me for assuming. No, I I always saw it as, I mean, I, one of the I, I I were I was always troubled that I couldn't make things more dignified or less suffering in the process say, of dying. We're, we're right. our hands are tied as physicians. We we could do stuff that they won't let us do, right? Because it becomes euthanasia at a certain point, right? And, and and it's like I I worry about that. I worry about that kind of suffering, but it's more a sense of. It's amazing that we just go from one to that. It's amazing that with all that can happen to us, it's amazing that we're here. Mm-hmm. That's sort of more where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like I know all that can happen, and and that knowledge is a, is a, a bit a bite at the apple. You mean you know everything that could go wrong constantly? I mean, well, didn't your dad die suddenly? I mean, yeah, but he he outlived his illnesses oh, by ten really? years. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry, fifteen I, years. I was and I, he gave, he gave us many. He did die suddenly, but he gave us many rehearsals. Yeah, and, I and, see. Yeah, but and, it, am I hearing your point correctly? That it's sort of like when we consider. The phenomenon that I'm here, my heart's beating. My yeah, it's when there's working. so much again happen to us that's yeah. not good. That's horrible. Right. I'm just so grateful for the. You know, I, I just, I, you know, I'm grateful for what we have. Were you prepared for that as a doctor? Mm-hmm. The emotional toll of I when my s- doctor comes in and, and I, I don't know the room he was just in. You know what I mean? Like no, I don't know no what idea. news he was just. Yeah, getting. you have no idea. People are like. Fucking Dr. Tracy's an asshole. Yeah, it's a horrible job. It's a really yeah. rough job. It, it, no, it is. It's really rough. It's just funny and, to hear the truth sometimes. I'm it, sure it's horrible. It, and it, it's exhilarating and horrible and fun and interesting, but it's, it's really burdensome these days especially. It's just this, the, the way it's practiced is just not good. I also I, It forced me to find creative ways to do other things. That's So here I am doing other things. Right. And I'm, and I'm grateful that I've solved You those. needed to do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. The the mass of mercury, the liquid mercury that yeah. was you, had to flow somewhere else because yeah. it was killing you. 
or it was I was starting to have dread. I was starting to have dread with it. I was doing too much of it. I was I was really workaholicing when I was practicing full time. Yeah, I had like three full time practices going. Wow. Yeah. And and did did you feel a lot of frustration? A lot with everything. The system is just a mess. I was also wondering with patients because I'm I'm I have sort of a savior complex. I have people in my family where I'm like, if they would just stop smoking, or if yeah. they would just stop. We were both friends with Artie. If you just this, this. So less extreme examples than heroin addiction. But if you would see a patient and you're like, this person's yeah. killing themselves, would have to break your heart to be like, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to stop drinking no, I, Mountain I, Dew I, all day. I don't have that. I, I don't. <laughs> really? I, maybe I used to way in the beginning. You surrendered. Yeah. I think I'm that's sure, good. I'm you, sure I'm surrendered to that. That's mature. I, that's wise. I, I have a deeper understanding of motivational systems. And so I, I just you know try to help people shift them if they can a deeper understanding of what to motivational say? systems so you're what understanding motivates. that like, they are lacking a certain type of motivation or they're overcome by a certain kind let's say you like sugar too much or you you've never felt hunger before you can't tolerate hunger mm. you know, my job is to be present with you while we try to talk about that and oh, wow. manage that and, and deal with that because people don't change otherwise they, they they change again in an inter. That's why therapy works. It's an interpersonal thing. Our brain changes. It doesn't change by itself. It changes in an intersubjective arrangement. Isn't that interesting? Yes. That goes back to my fascination that your talk therapy really helped you. Yes, I, I was listening to a podcast just today where a guy goes he was talking about PTSD and he was talking about how these you can stress these mice and if you put them in a cage alone they never get over their PTSD but if you put them in a cage with other mice they very quickly ameliorate and start to feel better and, and right. get over their PTSD but nobody ever thinks about what's the mechanism how does that happen <laughs> that doesn't happen magically there's a mechanism at work and that's that bodily based exchange I was talking about but something's happening in the brain you mean in the brain but as a result of other bodies relating to us, right? We we brain change, brains change, bodies and brains like change. Darren other brains. Brown, did you watch Darren Brown's special? I did the one about Which healing one? and Pu- stuff. No, I saw the push one. We pushes the guy. He, he gets take... people to kill people and stuff. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. that. Oh, one. Jesus! There's a Darren Brown one where he basically says, "I'm an atheist," and then proceeds to do like a revivalist. Oh yes, I've seen that. yes, yes. And, he, and it works. I, I heard him talk about it. I didn't see it. I heard him talk about it. It's crazy. Yeah. As somebody that enjoys that sort of stuff, I actually don't see much difference between the phenomenon of being in a group of people and that helping somebody yeah. and attributing that to some deity. Doesn't really. I don't really care either way. Yeah. It's interesting that being with other people, yeah. focusing our attention on your healing, playing certain music and getting excited tends to help people, even if it is yes. in the short term. Yes, it's that's all, fascinating to, to me. To me, great this this spirituality that I understand is again other people. And is what, this and what happens? This there's a, there's a space between you and me right now. We call a relationship. Yeah, that's that's constantly going back and forth. That to me is that's, Martin Buber. You ever read his stuff? Mm-mm. Very deeply spiritual for me. But oh, you're you're, think, you're making me think too fast. My old brain won't do well, it. It's you're the still open with me being quarter 60. dose of Adderall. <laughs> so well, maybe there's took it eight hours ago. <laughs> I I really did. Dr. Drew, I need help. <laughs> I told but, my wife I feel metallic. I don't like it. I thought it would be euphoric. I thought I would be like, I'm a creative machine. I feel like nothing's sticking to me. No, yeah. I'm having a hard time relating more than usual. <laughs> I hope I'm being an okay host you're, because you're I, feel, awesome. I feel more in my head than Tremendous. normal. I didn't you're, like it. You're fine. All you're right. good. You're good friend. But you mentioned, you've mentioned being more yeah. than a couple of times. Yeah. And you've not really defined what you mean by that. Which, when, what? You, you've brought up being, being. You've brought, you, you keep using the word being. Yeah. 
uh, and you've used it in the context of God. Uh, you've also used God. it in the context of presence. Yeah. Uh, and so sharing your being, I'm yeah. sharing my being and, you. and your being. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's three things. And your you, being. I'm okay, experiencing four, your being. Okay. Four. So we have yeah, four different yeah, kinds yeah. of a being. lot of being. Do, do you think about beingness and being in the world and those sorts yeah. of? Yeah. Well, th- that's what I. That's what I was saying. The the phenomenon of something looking out my eyes right now. That's my being. Is is experiencing everything. Yeah, it's operating the meat puppet that you the know beingness, so well. The beingness, is. beingness is is what yeah. is, that's that's the fundamental of most mysticism. If you talk about it long enough, is they're just going like, "You're not your thoughts; you're your being. You're the thing observing the thoughts." Right? Are you down with that, or just I, your? Wife? I am. I, I I'm a little <laughs> more Western in my thinking. Oh, tell me everything. Well, I, I mean, I, when you when you talk about being, I, I'm triggered to think about a guy named Heidegger who was a horrible human being but a great philosopher, uh-huh. <laughs> as many were, and his whole thing was about the nature of being. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And what did he say? He he ultimately. Do you want some Adderall? He, he, I might need it <laughs> to, to, to 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 bring him into common discourse is really hard. I know. I don't want to summarize be, a uh, Fundamentally, being is time, and time is not clock time or biological time is more about temporality mm. and there may be even something above temporality some sort of beingness in space time mm-hmm. and that a lot of the experiences of being have many different specific contextual elements to it like you're thrown into this moment right you're, there's a thrownness mm. and there's a world that we're trying to deal with that the social world at the same time as we're thrown into this one. Mm-hmm. This, this is, and, and we are being here with this microphone we're using, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, mm-hmm. and this bi- microphone is ready to hand, but it it's a, has a beingness that's ready to hand, right. ready to use. But, it, right. but in itself, it's a metal object over there. So I give it its beingness by making it a microphone. Then. Right. So there's all these sort of and that's layers. conspiring to, to call it a microphone together. And then together we use it to create some other thing in time yeah. that we're being together. And, yeah. You know, and there's a mood here as we're being this thing. So he, he just he just goes layer after layer after layer trying to understand wow. and explain it. So. That's so interesting. As yeah. you were saying that, I was like, man, I'm in the minor leagues. Mm. There's just types of brains that I'm like that can explain and talk about things that yeah, I would that need. Guy was I would need. Yeah. I would need yeah. to be walked by my hand. I need uh, to be led then, like I a just, horse. I, it, was just, it was just fascinating, and then it would, I would lose it. Yeah. <laughs> it would be gone on me. You were talking so, about. I think this is really beautiful because it, it does tie into our mothers. Mm. You diagnosing patients, and I asked you. I'm always just projecting myself, even in the questions. I asked you if it was difficult She's for you. She's it. laughing because that's what <laughs> that's what a podcast is. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, you or conversation? I don't know. Is I'm talking about wanting to help people and, and control people, but no one belongs to me. Yes. Is, that's wisdom. Is yes. to go. No one belongs to me. Yes, they're they're. Beingness yeah. is not yours to have. And you're talking about there are no bad chemicals and like maybe their beingness is going to be doing this or this or this. I don't it know. It is. And, I, and, but, but I, as a practitioner, kind of know the natural history they're going into. Right. And so I have an obligation to see if I can change that natural history. We call that treatment. But I'm interested, I would call it open heartedness or just openness mm-hmm. of being. Mm-hmm is where real progress is made. So I would even go so far as to say that's a loving place. Yes. These, these are poetic words, I yes. suppose. But to say real change, real growth, doesn't come from someone going, smoking makes your lungs yeah. turn black and right. you die. Correct. 
that doesn't heal that does, anybody. Doesn't change anything. But isn't that interesting? We know for sure, like the the sort of the world of Doctor Phil, where he goes, "Don't you know what you're doing to your kids, right. your families, your parents?" It's like, yeah, confrontational you know, he knows fully well. It's, yeah, the, does all it does is throw up all the force fields and guarantee nothing's going to change. Right. It does not change things. It really doesn't. So you try and go in. So I, you have to go in with differing techniques. You have to go. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> I wonder if you've ever thought about that. Well, of course I thought about that. Have you ever wanted to change about that? What would it be like if you changed? And what would right. how would you do that? And do you have a plan for that? And and that's a much more effective way to go at it. It's very boring. That right. It's almost good, like meditation versus LSD. It doesn't make good TV. That's yeah. why hats off to Phil for finding a way to do good television, because that's what that is. But that right. is not mental health, you know, right. management. Mental health like meditation is boring. And yeah, slow, it's like hair growing. Yeah, it's, you're it's re- rewiring the brain, man. That take that is slow and go. Well, we both know Artie, and I love Artie and care about Artie, and also never felt at all qualified to ever even broach the subject of addiction with him because I was like, I know this guy. Slippery sounds like he's nasty or something. I don't mean he's nasty. No, no, he's slippery with his with his disease of addiction. His disease is yeah. slippery. Almost, yeah, if we could. No, not almost. That, that yeah. is the whole. His thing. disease is slippery, and in, and it's a slippery. Here's the thing: you have to understand to be compassionate to him. It's as slippery to him as it is to you. It's it's lying to him as well all the time. Yeah, it, it's all the time, and that was that was what I was very good at. Or I am very good at with dealing with drug addicts. Is I can I can I'll have a reaction. And something will come out of my mouth, and it will be the truth. Hmm. I can trust what when I'm. I just know their disease, and I know what they're experiencing, and and I can feel so deeply what's going on with them. Something will come out of my mouth, and sometimes it's very confrontative and very problematic, yeah. and I shock myself. But I just know it's the truth. But well, you've learned to trust it. your intuition. I can trust it one hundred percent. Because if you play on the mind level, if I play on the cognitive level. It, it it just becomes a chess game. It just right. It, it's, it's That's what I mean. Is my brain wasn't ready to play. No, you don't. It's like no somebody with a huge right arm and he wants to arm wrestle. Yeah. Not that he did. He didn't want to arm no. wrestle. He, but he's, but it was very interesting. But this is this again. I'm not even trying to force this. A lot of suffering comes from this is spiritual stuff. Speaking again, of suffering, am I cool parked on the street there on the other side of the street from your house? Oh this? yeah, okay, street good. cleaning is during the right, morning. Good. I just remember that I was supposed to ask you an hour and a half ago. No, <laughs> you're good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> cool, if you're not, I'll drive. Speaking of suffering, I was thinking about you. suffering. Yes, it's all a story that your brain is telling you. So it seems yes, like I believe it might exists. be telling you. I agree with you yeah. that it is your brain doing its thing. Oh, I don't think it's like, so just get over it. Right. Snap out of it. I think that's very real and like very right. daunting and, and, and as real as you and I are. <laughs> it's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It, it, whether it matters is a different question. Which matters? Suffering. Because it, it just goes. It, you know, it's just, it's there and then it's not. Or continues right. and it's not. It flows it's, by yeah. like emotions. Yeah. But I, I wonder what, like when we're talking about addiction, it's almost like that. What do you think about the statement? Addiction, something like heroin, mm. takes over the brain. Yeah. Then the brain, who's kind of, this is again a, a kind of a woo woo idea, the brain's job is to sort of take over our being or uh-huh. our awareness uh-huh, uh-huh. and make our true self believe it. Uh-huh. Whether it even is just something a basic like you should lie to your mother because be a good boy, no, or, or or you're hungry and you need to eat. 
Totally. That's really more the level that it's, it's operating for heroin. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. You know, I, and I actually think that might be the genesis of all of its manipulations yeah. is it needs to survive. manipulate it you into to be, surviving. Yeah, that's it. But then that gets perverted into you should uh, tell your mother that you're really excited <laughs> to see her on Thursday, right. even though you're very busy. Because that's a, it's adaptive. It's survival. It's adapting yeah. and it's helping you. It thinks it might, it might even think it's helping you. No, it is. It, it is. It's a pragmatic answer and it solves a problem in the past for sure but some of it isn't no, helpful i would right. say 90 percent of it isn't very helpful well the, the, when it gets unhelpful is we establish these adaptive patterns early and then we keep them in adulthood when they no longer are adaptive old programs old programs yeah i hear that no. so what is going on with uh, the the lie that heroin tells the brain it's, is you, you need you, this to live to survive yeah yeah that's what Artie would say is yeah. like you don't understand it's like saying yeah. don't breathe yeah he's absolutely right and 100%. that's and, and I understand that profoundly, and yeah. just and be able to come from that place and then tell him something about what he's experiencing is is very containing. Yeah, because they don't know what they're experiencing half the time. And if I just if when you go into your intuition, is that and what I mean? go, you're full of shit already. What you just said or whatever, they he would go. Yeah, I didn't know that, but you're right. I am. I I can't even tell anymore because you, know? you snuck around the bodyguard. I, I can just tell. I can just. Yeah, and the I way did. you did it was not thinking by not thinking and yeah. just reacting honestly to something real in them. Yeah, that that I that and sometimes I don't have this reaction. Sometimes I just sit and listen and go, see you tomorrow. Right, you know, <laughs> just I wonder. I thought that was, it couldn't have been ninety minutes already. No, sometimes she shines a light at me when it's been ninety. How dare she? Aren't we going what I always wanted to say one hundred twenty. Right, I was playing for two hours. <laughs> don't I get to have two hours? Oh, add ninety is when we usually start talking about God. Okay, <laughs> we've been peppering it in. Fair I enough. blame the Adderall. But um, what I wanted to say to Artie, and again, I just didn't want to do this, is like, don't can't we see? Let's take Artie out of it. You and I are going to talk yep. about this. Can't we see if I say taking heroin is like breathing for me? Yeah. Couldn't we, or is this a bad technique? Say, but look at all the many decades before you ever did it that you didn't do it and you were fine. Yeah. Right. But he would go, yeah, that was fine. No, I'm not. This <laughs> 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 is very simple. It, it, you have to. What you do is go, man. It's hard for me to relate to that, but that must be effed up. That must yeah. make you. That must really be tough. You're loving. I, I I use that word a lot, and and I'm resisting it because loving? it's it, yeah because it's it's a little boundaryless and has romantic. You're flavors. saying yes to it. I'm saying uh, saying yes to you're it. You're saying yes to his predicament. You're not saying, I'm saying what I'm saying is kind of like the dad in American Beauty, <laughs> the next door neighbor to Kevin Spacey. That's yeah. kind of mad. That what's his name? Kevin, Chris, Chris Cooper or something. I'm being kind of like a well, you didn't uh, take it for thirty years yeah, and you yeah. lived and you're fine. You're, you're being, that doesn't work. But the guy that goes like, whoa, that sucks. Let's have some tea. You know, like let's talk. Let about me be that. here with you. Let yes, me be let, here let, with and you. see what comes up. And, and yeah, yeah, and that's different. That's supportive, and that's containing, and and maybe some truth, and maybe help motivate, and because then because they don't trust either, you know, because they can't trust themselves even, so they don't right. trust anybody else. And so if you can get some trust going, if you get them just to be in a frame of closeness, they they can't tolerate that very well. So mm. just teaching them that they can be close to the person, and that you can trust somebody, and then what I usually do is start urging them to do certain things, and then they do it. 
So, Certain behaviors like like go to twelve step meetings, yeah, get a sponsor, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes they don't, and and it's 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 cutting and it's difficult. And it's what is it? So the you said trauma is at the base? trauma is for many of them for the ones I deal with that's at the base, right? Yeah, but even what like somebody just like your regular heavy drinking comedian. This isn't code for me. It, like what's going on there? Of course not. I will. When we had the should Pete take Adderall debate, I'm sure you hear this a lot in your line of work. We go, well, he has an addictive personality. We're do talking you? about me. Do you? I don't know. Yeah. I, don't I, think, I do yeah. know this. If I eat a cookie, I'll eat a sleeve of cookies. That's why I don't have cookies in the house. Yeah. And if I drink booze, I'm going to, I'm going to do it to be drunk. Do like, you? I stop without, without exception. I That's have you? to do it without. Is, is it in your family the alcoholism? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there you go. What do you mean? Did you well, just diagnose? Me? <laughs> well, no. I'm saying you've got the potential of that gene. I right have there. the potential yeah. at every side. Yeah. So the Adderall is very threatening to you. Be very careful with that. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I'll throw it away. Yeah. I, re- I really. It's not for me. Yeah. But the booze thing. I was wondering if people are too liberal with their definition of I have an addictive personality just because sure. if I eat a cookie, sure, I want to eat twelve. They, cookies. they are. They way overuse the term addiction. Way. But I don't know if I have the same. Thing is, as these, I don't want to be. Well, there's, again, there's many versions, and we don't even know all the different genetic potentials here. But, but you you have a family history. Yeah, there's about a fifty percent probability of inheriting. You know, each step of the. Is, is there a first degree? My relative? therapist said it will it'll jump a generation too. Sometimes, sometimes, like I'll stop drinking, and then that doesn't mean that my daughter might Correct. not have the same Correct. trouble because there's a fifty percent chance she'll get that genetic potential, but she may not be able to withhold the way you did, and may have activated. Troubling. <laughs> yeah, well, but I, I believe that I believe that the gene for addiction is an adaptive. Speaking of our environment of evolutionary adaptiveness, alcoholic addicts are the best survivors on Earth. There's a reason this gene has stayed in the human population forever. How's that? It, it, if you look at where it emerges, you know where where the gene really comes up. It's in populations that have withstood multiple generations of genocidal assaults, mm. usually military in an isolated population, Scotland. Ireland, North American Indians, and the ones that survive are the alco- addict alcoholics. Wow. Not that they were ever drinking during that those periods of gen- but of, those behaviors, those that, those, that, that ability. And, and when you talk to people that are, have this gene, they're all the same. They're like, what you know? I, I used to I used to amuse myself by going to a group of alcoholic addicts, and I go, you know. 30, 300 people in the room. I'm like, what would you guys do if a bunch of Huns came over the hill, started with attack, you know, with spears, and to a person, they go, I, I grab a chair and go at them. I go towards them. I go, go get them. I go, go fight. And wow. I go, I go. Do you understand how abnormal that is? And so, evidently, in whoa, is that in, that's crazy? In, in evolutionary heritage, I, without the gene, would have run the other way and gotten a spear in the back. They would have fought and had a higher probability of surviving. Whoa, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. And and they they're bright and they're smart and they're rich. It's a very rich population of human beings. I mean, I what? hate that it's disdained the way it is. It just drives me crazy. Well, that's one. That's interesting. Yeah. In defense of the alcoholic, your next yeah. great book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, one of the things that enables it to perpetuate the romance of the alcoholic is there are so many great alcoholic thinkers. But but there's a the, and that, authors. And but it's not because of the alcohol. It's because of their genetic heritage is right. is, a, is it's a. It's an evolutionary thing. It came it, out of evolution. You bought a package of five things, and one of them was an addiction to alcohol. Like is what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's right. Like and you and, have these but other all of things. it increases survival because it just stays in the human genome, and, right? And it really emerges when we're stressed. When when the when a lot of people are dying, the alcoholics survive. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. <laughs> Not, not not that they're drinking and that helps them survive. Right. It's the genetic, whatever that genetic potential but there, is. 
Genetically. And they'll tell you. They'll like they make great shortstops and extreme athletes and things. And they will tell you they have a lot of anxiety, except in extreme circumstances. Then their anxiety goes away, and their time slows down. They can see things, and yeah. that the rest of us just get overwhelmed by. It. That's why somebody said I might have ADD is because I do stand up. So I like high stress situations. Well, and I told you, most of ADHD diagnoses in adults is just genetics of addiction. I, well, to- I told you that. An- I told you that an hour. Did I not say that an hour ago? <laughs> I said that an hour ago. Well, this is real time show business yeah. right now. This is yeah. like an entertaining episode. <laughs> People are like, it's like a. This is the first episode that had a twist. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very, very it's interesting. True. What do you, uh, do you have vices? Yeah, I mean, is it hard to talk about them because of your work? No, I like to drink a little bit. I like to. It doesn't like. It doesn't whisper in your ear. No, I have no. I, no, I'm a, I'm a lightweight. Really? Yeah, bad. Like I get sick really easily and stuff. But I, but I I like to smoke cigars. That's why I was in Cuba and smoked cigars. Like yeah. I mean, I do stupid. Health you said you had but... weird stories about Cuba. How was it? I know I'm changing gears. Yeah, we I still want to know that question that you wrote down that was so challenging. Well, I said, would the world be better without suffering? Oh, was that we, the question? We sort of agreed. Uh, not, yeah, we need suffering. It would not make better. Um, it's, Cuba's sort of a mess, but it's very charming and beautiful, and the people are beautiful and wonderful, but they live in a common delusion. <laughs> they're they're like, it's like Nero fiddling. They're worth, it's crumbling around them, and they're like, it's the revolution, the revolution. It's like, really? dude, you, this is not going to work very long, much longer. This is really a problem. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, you know, they... We went to the Tropicana's great show, amazing dancers, and our, our you have to have a tour, you have to have a guide at all these places. The guide goes, "This is these are some of the highest paid professionals on the island. Some of them make as much as two hundred fifty dollars a month." Whoa! And everything's rationed, food's rationed, everything. It's just yeah, it's really very rough. That's... But but they it's because of the revolution. It's okay. We're all happy. It's like it's like this is delusional, everybody. Isn't that interesting that we have that? capacity like the pack mentality yeah. like you yeah. can tell a lot of people and you, you there's a there's, there's a, a little comfort. there's a little philosophical to the twist in there is that maybe they're on to something what Just, oh you know what part of the avengers that i think is really interesting mm. did you see the first avengers no but go ahead how dare you i didn't see it but tell me more it, it's, it's boring i don't think you even remember it but loki the bad guy it's just like you guys were meant to be ruled. You don't understand. You're happier oh, yeah. when you're ruled. Oh. I was like, this is the beginning of a new era. It's not a Bond villain. It's a guy that's like, no, I understand the human yeah. predicament better than you. You think you want to be free. I'm yeah. saying freedom terrifies you. Well, Let me give you this common cause to fight for. And I was like, that's a compelling villain. Th- and it's a really interesting question that I think is ab- what you that zone right now is something very pertinent to our time. I think. Right. I think that's what we're dealing with. I think the limits of freedom have been reached. Although I'm a huge advocate of freedom and liberty, I don't feel they feel like it's been emphasized enough. Mm. It's that the kind of freedom that we're looking for is unhealthy. In other words, we want to be unhinged. (laughs) Then that's not good. You should be constrained by your family and certain behaviors and certain. You mean it's all about you? 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 Just the freedom to what? Freedom. Our founding fathers never meant freedom to do whatever, whenever. They meant freedom from governmental oppression, from a government <laughs> telling us how to live our life. What Not to do idiocracy. Not sitting in a chair that's also a toilet, eating a bucket of goo while you're masturbating. All except for Ouch My Balls, the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> so, the moment where he goes, hey, man, I love your show, and then he kicks him in the balls. <laughs> but, it, I mean, isn't that, what, is that yeah. what we're talking about? Well, I, I'm just... It, it, I think it's what you started talking about, which is 
how much do we need superimposed on our freedom to be truly free and healthy? And there's a certain amount, and, yeah. but it doesn't need to be done by the government. Right. It, it needs to be – I think we've just cast everything off. And right. it's like, no, we need certain things to constrain us. We do. It's a, it's a healthy thing for us. I mean, isn't that kind of what marriage is? We yes. like these yes. – We like liturgical things. We yes. like structured things. We like we, rules. We need, but we don't commit to them, and they're not things where – marriage is declining. We, we don't do these things that are really good for us. Well, they're lacking. I mean, uh, I think there's a Tony Robbins thing. He's like, believing in God, whether or not you actually think it's real, is like very beneficial to you. Yes. Marriage is beneficial yes. to you. These are structured things. That it's very easy for us to use our rational brains and be like, God sounds stupid. Marriage is stupid. But like happiness, it's almost like at what point do we bow down to our animal and just go like, look, man, I'm just here for the ride. My animal likes having this and this and this. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of uh, a South Park episode, which was the the Mormon episode. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Well, at the end, <laughs> at the end, they they tell the whole John Smith story, and Kyle decides he can't hang around this Mormon kid because you believe that stuff. That's crazy. I can't. I can't even deal. Yeah. And they meet at the bus stop where the kids always are waiting, and Kyle, uh, Kyle, the kid comes up. This Mormon boy goes, "Hey, Kyle, where you been?" He goes, "I don't know. I can't. That story. That story freaked me out." The, the kid, the Mormon kid, goes. Yeah, I know. We we believe some strange stuff, and I understand if you have trouble coming to terms with it. But because of that crazy story, I have a great family. I have a great life. I'm happy. You need to grow up, dude. Suck my balls. That's so <laughs> to which Carmen goes, that kid is cool. That's uh, well. That's uh, the that's, Book of Mormon. That's yeah. the message of the that, Book of Mormon. That's right. And that's what makes the Book of Mormon. I think work. I'm watching that musical. I've seen it twice. Oh, and I'm like, it. how is this it. a hit? I love it. Oh. But I'm like, I'm like, this is a hit for me. I think this is great. And then at the end, you're like, oh, because you know, it's. Um, I think it's Carl Jung that talks about we only get transformed by symbols. Yeah. Like that's that's where real transformation happens. It's kind of what we're talking about. Yes, yes. You're sort of acting as a symbol. Yeah. As a, I'm going to say loving again, as a mm-hmm. loving space. You're yeah. like, let me be Dr. Love, yeah. guy who cares. I'm being my present. That has a real shot at transforming you as opposed to ideas or numbers yes. or math. Yes. It doesn't work. Yes. So that story, the Josephson story or any of the myths that's why I, I, I think it was Deepak Chopra was like, you could pick Batman as yeah. your guy. It doesn't matter. What's fucking crazy is what we're stuck in changes through stuff like that. That's yes. why we're lining up to see fucking Aquaman. It's yeah. not because of the CGI. It's because something is happening inside of us and we can be stirred one way or the other by nonsense. And that's why you know myths aren't necessarily true, but they're so much truer than true because they're actually kind of getting under your ribcage and sneaking up into your heart. We're out of here. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> but, 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 but you understand that, that you've, you've gone to that place that I've been talking about, which is the body. You said your heart, which is your bodily-based experience of all this stuff we're kind of talking about. Yeah. That's why AI will not become human. Right. Because the, the autonomic system is so protean and so biological and such a, such a Dionysian soup that, <laughs> that, you know what I mean, that you can't recreate that in a digital way. It's biological. It's soup. That's interesting. And, and, it, and it's how I'm able to sit and millisecond by millisecond respond to you, you know, in ways that are ineffable. Back right. to that again. Right. I think that's why, did you see the movie Her? Yeah. They kind of explore the idea that if AI became conscious, yeah. it would start doing limitless things. Like yeah. we're bound by our bodies. That's almost, I, not almost, it is maybe the best 
use of consciousness is to put it into something finite. Yeah. That helps it operate. If you're just a consciousness, that's that's termina- That's the Terminator movies. It's going to shoot missiles yeah. and it's yeah. going to do all this I, stuff. I don't think that's consciousness. I really don't. I, I understand we're, we're yeah. differing in what we're calling awareness. consciousness a little bit. Yeah, it's awareness. It could be an awareness, but I wouldn't fall out of consciousness. I, yeah. I got to think about that more. Uh, I think between us, I'm probably the one. <laughs> probably. You're probably right. You're, you're probably the one that's right. You're an internal doctor. So, so, so <laughs> we're supposed to talk about God, right? Yeah, but I mean, are we around that part? We're around that part, and what do we? I, I, I'm always jealous of people that have a deep religious faith because I see how it helps them at the end of life. It a, sure does. A lot end of life, and although uh, I worry about that because some of the religious people I know, I'm like, I don't know if they found real peace. I know they had an ideology, but like literally end of life moment, hmm. is it thick enough to go? I'm fine. I, I some people purport that they're fine, but I don't know. They're rarely fine. Yeah, but you've better. been in the presence of a lot of dying people. Oh, I mean, that's, that's what I realized when I started doing internal medicine. I thought, oh, when everyone else is done with them, they send them back to us. That's They go to us. You're like hospice, basically. You, you, we, look, when they're done doing their stuff, you know, they, they have no more to do. They, they they're, come not, to the they're not interested. They come to the internist, the guy, the, the people that were, you know, the, the caretaker. Right. And uh, so, yes, a lot, a lot, a lot of that. And, and people that had a religious faith did much better. They did better. Oh, way better. Because they had, they, they had a sense of an afterlife or purpose or right. other things that they really believed. There was a Buddhist thing where at the foot of the hospital bed that put like an image, like a painting of a very spacious valley. Because I, I might be wrong. Forgive me, Buddhist listening. But there an, are some an, Buddhists. An uncanny valley? Ah, <laughs> very good. Throwback. Um, the idea that the things you're focusing on at the end of your life determine kind of how you're recycled a little bit. So you'd be looking at something. You put up an image. I know that's that's very out there. But but, that, but that's not what I was getting at, though, which is just the pragmatic reality that mm. people are better when they have a religious faith towards the end of life and when they're making meaning of things. Mm. When people have religious understanding, they can make meaning better within the context of that religious belief. And then the people that didn't struggle. It was harder. Struggle, yeah. Yeah. Are there things that come to mind when you think of these? I'm very interested in stories of people dying. I mean, they might. So it's, much of it. it's also okay. So they're not. It's just, to I tell just or, my sense is just you know people struggling and fighting versus people who are like cool, like like okay, a little bit more calm. surrendering. Mm-hmm. Uh, they that's written over my sink. It says, "If those that find their way in the morning have no problem dying in the evening." It's it's like a lot of these traditions say the purpose of life is to die before you die, um, and a lot of people experience some sort of awakening. Work? Oh, I see. The self is is sort of dissolved a bit. The self is not as important. You have to go. Drew yeah. has to go. Yeah, yeah. And then when you identify with the part of you that's timeless and eternal. Mm you realize where you're going and it was in you the whole time. But I I like to make this point. You do die. Dr. Drew does die. Mm -hmm. I used to think as a Christian, Dr. Drew, like Looney Tunes, whoop, there'd be a ghost Dr. (laughs) Drew and you'd go to heaven and you'd still be Dr. Drew up there and you'd be like, it was crazy. I did celebrity rehab. My uh, uh, radio guy got canceled or fired. (laughs) I talked to this weirdo who took Adderall. All that. Drug addict. addict. (laughs) I talked to this drug addict. (laughs) Alcoholic. Uh, Definitely an alcoholic. He'd run towards the barbarians. (laughs) I would run from the barbarians. I'm not sure. Mm, I'm not sure. Not as much as me. Not as much as me. I wouldn't even think about it. I'd be running. 
<laughs> I think I, 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 honestly, I, I, alcoholics have a unique response to extreme circumstances. I want to know if everyone was running towards them. I think I would join the group for sure. That's what I think yeah. I would do. Well, I, I, it's funny. It all it all kind of occurred to me watching the movie Braveheart because uh-huh. it's about these Scottish Highlanders who are alcoholics, and it, you you see it in that movie. Yeah. It's portrayed perfectly. That's so interesting. The ones that really survived, the ones that were really crazy and really alcoholic. I mean, this is a free podcast, and you've you've given so many gems. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm counting done. gems. We, we haven't talked about God. No, no, yet. I'm not wrapping up. Okay, I'm just saying you should feel good, no matter how the remainder goes. <laughs> That what, you've given people whatever you're gonna do to me their next. value. So well, this is where you said it looks like start. a porn place. Guys, this is where it begins. <laughs> this is where I have to pay my dues. Let's By get it. Let's get in. Me? Let's get what? in the sauna. That's what a sauna. It? Oh my god! How did I miss that? Yeah, I don't know. It was behind me. Infrared sauna. The people have people. Have you described this room to people? Not really. There's a house inside this little house. <laughs> We're in a house outside. It's uh, like a Russian doll. Yeah, and in it is a beautiful the the, the inside it's like the house, nicest thing I own. It's it's nicer <laughs> than the outside house. Let's be fair, but it's tiny and it, it looks like it, I, you immediately identify as something Norwegian or, or yeah, from yeah, Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah, and it's a sauna. I guess a lot of people. Why? Are, and there are lights outside too, which cracks me up. There's lights. There's lights inside. There's like a chromotherapy light in there too wow, I don't know I if see. you're into any that's where we're going to have the sex is in there <laughs> <laughs> see I'm kind of like what's the harm some people swear by it people that are battling cancer and stuff do a lot of infrared sure. Sure, uh, saunas and chromotherapy chromotherapy it's just cool. light therapy oh that's good for you I actually I, I looked it up there's yeah. some lights that are bad for you did you uh, know that certain wavelengths right they expose rats to a certain frequency of pink and they all got tumors I was oh, like my. we are living in a fucking conundrum. Yeah. Like, I love the, that we can make this pill and this thing, and we have control over it. You're talking about the certain parts of our bodies that we don't know. There's still things. We can explain these things. Yeah. But frequencies of light that give oh, rats and how about all the, there's, there's stuff that zooms past through our planet and through our bodies from the Big Bang on a regular basis. Fucking crazy. And some of it can knock off DNA fragments and things. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like little transparent asteroids? But they're waves, essentially, and energy things. I when I When somebody told me that we're still... Uh, measuring the radiation that came off the Big Bang. Yeah. I thought the Big Bang was a theory in the way that somebody was like, I don't know, a Big Bang? Like it's a story. Oh, no, no. I thought it was a story. No, they had evidence. That they we evidence. were then looking for evidence for it. No. We're, they were like, there's an explosion. We can measure the yeah. radiation it, from it. Not just radiation, but the part of particulate and the ray we're moving away from it and all Fucking that Fucking crazy. Yeah. And these things are still... No wonder you're sometimes in a weird mood on a Tuesday. <laughs> Something might have flown through you and just or, or lodged maybe, a piece of your DNA. Or maybe it came out of the sun, just the gamma rays or something. I mean, it's crazy. being bombarded with all kinds of stuff all the time. Well, I mean, that's... Again, you're talking about meditation. The human brain gets so easily overwhelmed as, as far as yes. I'm concerned. That's the a, that's a thing that, that that I find interesting. Is you just, uh, when, just If you want to experience that phenomenon you're talking about, just try to think about infinity. Yeah. And then think about infinity factorial, which is infinity times infinity minus one times infinity <laughs> minus two times... <laughs> I don't like infinity it. Infinity factorial, which is a mathematical principle, and, they, and it has properties, you know? And, Whoa. And so, you know... That's your son talking right there. Yeah, That's yeah. fucking but, but, crazy. But, I mean, your brain just goes... Just forget it. That's what I'm fascinated yeah, with. Yeah, I am too. We and, know that microwaves and, and uh, radio waves, all these invisible things are happening, and you just told me that, and I'm like, no part of me is like, that's not true. I'm just like, that's definitely true. And you... File it under 
I talk about this in my stand-up. There's just things that are so overwhelming that we're just like, yeah. I'll never think about that. No, you can't. I'm not even designed to think about that. Right. And that, that you always have to remind yourself of that. This is a this is a very limited instrument. I'm pointing at my head. Yeah. It, it really has it is a thing designed to essentially read social cues of other animals running around the floor of the savannah mm-hmm. you know, as we try to survive. That's essentially what it was developed for. So it's kind of fucking crazy that we're even talking about the fact that our instrument gets overwhelmed. I mean, we should pat ourselves on the back. That we do the things we do with it. It's incredible. It's incredible. It is incredible. And it's other humans, again, let's back to that concept. It's other humans that we build upon, right? It's, 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 we yeah. couldn't do it alone. It's so cool. It's humans and humans and humans that give us these... That's your infinity minus ...layered one. concepts. <laughs> yeah. How was it being on Corolla's podcast? Oh, I do it all the time. Do They're you? very nice to me. They are? I, I'm... Is Adam not there? <laughs> <laughs> I, next time I do it, I'm going to play a game. I, I, I have this planned. Yeah. Where I'm going to go like, Adam... I'm going to respond how you would respond to the news. Okay. And you respond how I would respond, just oh to mix it up. Oh, boy. Because I, I think Adam's great. But like, if you tell me a story about like a trans, yeah. a woman-to-man trans that is boxing, I, I, I got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know what he's going to say. He, That's not to put him down. I'm just saying, like, to mix it up, to give him a break, yeah. to give me a break, Good. I'll be the one that's going like, that's fine, but if it's man-to-woman, you can't go in and dominate. Yeah. Get, and get, you say, have him say, well, you know, gender's a construct and like, good for them and they're very that's brave. Gonna, that's the part that's not going to happen. But he will. Listen. He can, if, you, if you set it up as an improv, go, Adam, we're going to improv this. That's what I'm saying. Do he it will do it. It's an improv challenge. But if you really do it as, a, as I've got a great idea, we're going to play a game, yeah. he'll just go, he'll shit all over it. That's but, so if, but, if you, but if you frame it as an improv, you might do it. What I find is he's always game to admit that it takes different types. Because what I always say to him takes is different types. takes different types. I go so he'll say something that might be transphobic, right? Yeah. Like by like a he's not usually super super bad. I don't really. He's know. not as transphobic as people think he is. Okay, I, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. He, and he I'm says not, stuff that's like. Argh. I'm he he likes to fearlessly say yeah. like yeah. like what I just said. It's yeah. what he said on my episode. He goes, if a man becomes a woman, she shouldn't be allowed. Rogan to Rogan is red hot on this. Join the too. WNBA. Yeah, Rogan is all on this right now. And I get it. Have yeah. your fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I, actually, yeah. I think we should be sensitive. Yeah. Now, what he will always concede. If you listen to, I've done the show five times. Yeah. I'm sure. Every time I do it, I go, Adam, I don't want you to be me. Be you. It's fun. People get relief listening to you being you and going like, a woman can't become this a man. That's why you come on four more times. And then I just go, and I'm going to be me. Yeah. I'm going to say, that's the bravest thing I've ever heard. We're all in the process of figuring out who we are underneath so you, and you, sharing that with the you've world. You've clearly never heard the Adam and Drew podcast <laughs> because that's the role I play on that That's podcast. what you do. And he... Craps all over me, and mer- well, it's you're, mercilessly. Because you're friends for taking that point of view. But you've been friends for what calls, a decade? Uh, we started in 1996. Yeah, that's a long. That's, that's 22, 22 years. 22 years. So five times on the podcast, he'll tolerate me. He shits on you. I, I'm going to give him some crap and make him shit on you a little bit. That's so I mean, flavor. I want somebody else to feel this. You and I should go on, and I'll be Adam, though. Like I don't like. You know what I mean? Like I think that's helpful. As a therapeutic exercise, let me pretend to be you. Aren't you tired of pretending to be you? I'll be the one that's oh. like, eh, if she's a chick, then she's a chick. <laughs> like, let you, me do you, it. You got to understand, his whole thing, his whole deal is, 
I was poor. I had terrible parents. Oh, I know. Yeah, I had five jobs. Right, right. P- poor, had terrible parents. <laughs> lived in de- a horribly depraved situation, or really in an impoverished situation emotionally. And uh, and I found a way out. Therefore, I know the truth, and everyone follow me. I understand. That's his deal. And that's a type and, of genius, and it's a type of psychosis as well. <laughs> it's both. It's both. We were just talking about this, that like genius and psychosis is very close. His experience. This is more fertile territory for you with him. Just that right there. Take that in. See where that goes. <laughs> See how that it'll be, goes. It'll be interesting. No, You're no, that will be. It, it will be. No, no, it will no, not I be. Don't. But it'll be interesting because he'll he'll probably agree with you, and I don't know where he'll take it. That that's when he's at his best. Yeah. Bobcat gave him his best comp once. We went night when Bobcat was on Loveline but years ago. He goes, I love sitting here watching you, Adam, because it's like you're channeling. It's like something's coming from above through yeah. you. And it's like it, it is sometimes. And that's it, what I mean when I'm best. like, let me channel that. It's not like I don't understand the stream right, that I'm he's trying to, I'm trying to save you. That he's I'm dipping his hand in. From- but can't I want I don't think that's that exceptional that I can put my finger in his stream, which yeah. is just cool ranch Dorito dip. Mm. <laughs> but can he put his in mine? I think that would be as a role. Getting play, him to be willing to do that is what's gonna be the hard part. Yeah. Get out of his own shit. But isn't that fun? That's that's what. Yeah. Like, whenever people are passing around whatever the new salacious, crazy story is, even if it's like some horrible Trump thing, I can usually find the backwards, gross part of myself that's like, yeah, you know what I mean. No. And that's helpful. No, no, what do you mean? I mean, if he if he's like, we should build a wall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of course. 99.99 repeating percent of me is like, that sends the wrong message, all these things. Yeah. I can, if I look around, you can, relate. can I find the bully in me? Oh. What are you, a fucking idiot? Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. You think I don't know myself well enough to find the monsters inside of me? We need to be honest. We need to talk about these things. We need to talk about our shadow. Yeah. It doesn't help us to go, I don't get it. I go like, yeah, when I'm scared, it's nice to pair up with a scary guy. I'm back in junior high. Yeah, this yeah. guy's calling me the F word. This guy's also calling me the F word. I'll pair with the second one because he'll keep the first one away from me. I did, get did it. Did you have a horrible experience in, in junior high? I, I think uh, my belief is people shit is their shit. Where I think was people, that? In Where, Cambridge, Massachusetts. You were in Cambridge. Ooh, there you grew up, Oxford. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, Massachusetts. Even with the Cambridge, you still think I look like I'm from the South? How dare uh, you? Well, no, I, 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 I always people when people say they came from that area, they always say Concord. Ah, and so yeah, I don't even think about Lexington, Lexington, Massachusetts. No, I know. Yeah. I understand they were right there, but um, but, but I, what? And so, would your would your parents teachers or something? Were they at the schools or no? My mom was stay at home, and my dad was a work workaholic. Because kind of those, because those, I mean, everybody's involved with the with the schools in those areas, right? I know. My mom volunteered in the library. I went to a very small Quaker school. Ah, there were only oh, twenty some kids in my class. So that's why I'm like, I can't. God, I'm compete. reading. I'm reading Douglas uh, Frederick Douglass's uh, biography right now. Is that right? Oh, so good. Is uh, it the, the Grant biography and this biography have changed me deeply. Really? Yeah. You got some good wrecks. What's it called? It, uh, it's called Frederick Douglass, Prophet of Freedom. I think it's called, and okay. then the it just Grant is the biography. The, I I thought I understood American history. I really th- thought I understood Civil War history, and I, I just you I, didn't. I, what fun! See, that's know. another kind of experience. I I love breaking whatever we think we are. And yeah. if you're like, I know Civil War history, and you read this book and you go, I don't. Yeah. I, I when um, Connor that's Habib, a healthy thing. I think. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's learning to read. Connor did the podcast, uh, Connor Habib, 
and we were talking about learning to read. Mm. There, when you learn to read and suddenly symbols mean something, yeah. there are all these experiences in your life that are yeah. like that. And yeah. I think those are very helpful. But staying uh, fluid in them and not going like, I don't understand bullies, monsters, and murderers. And, and then not, I don't not think that helps us. No, no, That's no, what you're not. doing in your therapy. It's like, I understand addiction. I'm not an addict, but mm. I can understand oh, darkness. I, you, yeah, you can what is that. gained by saying like, no, I'm over here and I have one cookie and I don't care. No, but, but I, I, back to <laughs> Sam Harris, I heard him saying something today. I thought, ooh, this is uncomfortably true. Mm. He was talking about how everybody was at one point a four-year-old, right? And it was the experience of that four-year-old and eight-year-old and 12-year-old that created who you are yeah. to some extent, with, yeah. given the genetic heritage, you know, substrate in which that environment has its effect. And he went, you know, I bet even you could, if you were related to Saddam Hussein, you could find something, com- you have compassion for him given the life he led. It was nothing, yeah. nothing other, other, he could have been other than this horrible asshole given the life he led. Right. And I thought, wow, I have that experience a lot where I have to sit with people that have maybe done horrible things and, and figure out horrible, why. Not just figure out why, just be deeply compassionate for them. That's actually what I meant by figure out. I'm not trying to be right. I'm saying yeah. I'm understanding you. Yeah, and that 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 but that, that, so was, but that was uncomfortable for me because it was like, ooh, because because I can be compassionate for people that are horrible. Yeah, and that that's. You want to talk about infinity? You want to really blow your dick off? Sit around and try. Here and we go. Le- We're gonna here it comes. This is the sex part. <laughs> this is the sex blow part. Blow your dick off. You're saying he's, trying- he's planning. It's called. <laughs> He's planning thoughts. Try and find your compassion for difficult things. And I'm not really public about this no, stuff. No, I'm too good at that. I think, I think it that's... It bothers me. Mm. Because Can we, then... This leads into God. Okay, I, go ahead. Because, I, because, then, because then justice is something that I I lose track of. Okay, so my daughter's name is Leela. Mm. And Leela means the play or the dance of life. It's a, a word from Hinduism. Mm. So the idea... Christian morality is very different from Hindu morality. Mm-hmm. Hindu morality is... We're watching a play. The play is called Leela. And in the play, there are villains. We have some in our midst right now, and we've had some throughout history. Uh, read a story like the Ramayana. The villain is a saint who becomes a villain. Even in Christian mythology, Lucifer is a fallen right. angel. There is this kind of hint, this little wink at this idea that it's all good guys or it's all guys. Yeah. It's all things. Yeah. And we all play these parts. Yeah. You're born, okay, Drew, this time you'll be Drew. Yeah. Next time, you're going to be the murderer. Next time, you'll be the savior. Next, yeah. But we're all just sort of playing a game okay. to learn and to experiment. It's almost like scientific. It's okay. like, let's see what happens. I experience this, and I have a hard time talking about this. Even when I play games like Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto, open world games where you're just like, what will I do? If I can do anything, what will I do? Mm. This is what Westworld is about. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting human experiment. We want to know the limits of what people will do. Yeah. And so we're playing this game. And there's horrible parts of it. And I'm not saying that we're not going to fight those horrible things. But the Hindu perspective is that's in the game. So it's, what I'm learning is Pete's a horrible person, so we're saying. He's, he's trying to find justification for the horrible things he does. No, it's it's difficult going to, to do. talk about. It's difficult to talk about. Be, then if you want to – I don't think about that every second of every day. What I do Just think about is – Just most of the day, not every second. Day, is I go be a good guy. Yeah. Play the good guy. Be the good guy. Fight the good fight. That's good. There's there's virtue in that. Um, I don't like the idea of playing at. I understand it. I, I – because – I feel like I fought for my sense of self pretty 
intensively as well, a kid because I you know because I didn't get what I need from parents from mom then I had to construct a identity a career that was fed me and then I had to do therapy to really connect all back up again and so I don't feel like I'm playing I don't feel like there's a play I feel ah, like how I'm, beautiful Alan Watts would say the more you forget the idea that we're playing the more beautiful the artistry it's like you've gotten so far from the idea that we're doing and it's like which I understand is sort of like a inarguable argument because if I say if you disagree with the argument I'm like ah how well, perfect there's there's no <laughs> there's no doubt that we're all playing in the sense that we have a you know social we accommodate socially and we're there are things we do that are you know just axiomatic and in social life and you could call that playing but I feel like so much now of my experience is spontaneous and emotional and, and based in something second to second real that's happening in my body. Maybe there's a piece of it that's played on a stage, but it doesn't feel like playing. It doesn't feel like playing. I think if it did, it wouldn't be and, working. But I think at a time, certain time in my life, it did feel like playing. Right, and, and I fought very hard to get connected to something very spontaneous and real, and so that's why maybe I bristle at the idea of that's playing. interesting. Yeah. But maybe that's the li- so the other idea is liberating from the so the why name my daughter Leela? It's not to be like, isn't it cool? There's yeah. villains. It's the idea that don't forget it's just Leela, and that's what you're talking about. From my perspective, is the liberation that you feel is rec- in, comes from recognizing that it was just play and now you're living more in the moment and in the infinite possibility oh. where you can step outside of it and go like, sure, uh, maybe my personality doesn't like Adam Carolla. I'm speaking <laughs> as you. <laughs> and that's fine, but I'm over here. I just don't like when he shits on me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about me. I, I keep yeah. giving myself the note, stop using the God portion to tell them what I think about God. What do you think? Um, I feel like I have a, m- my spiritual sensibilities are, pr- I wouldn't say they're impoverished, but I wouldn't say they're not very developed. And, uh, I believe that there's many things bigger than me. Uh, and I believe there's something you can get in touch with that is some flow of the universe or something that something, something the, the, yeah. the, I mean the, like the best way you can describe it it's something that's something you know what I mean like these there are lots of in, indescribable right out of my mouth yeah something is something in itself yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that's and, and, profound. and, and I, I think it. those kinds of descriptions are, are very useful I, I think because so it just reminds you that you can try to explain these things but ultimately it's going to be I'm going to go indescribable I and, love it. And, and I and I I don't have the man in the you know I don't have uh, man uh, in the sky Michelangelo's God in yeah. the, the, and I and I look at the Bible as a amazing stories and myths and things we could learn a ton from um, I it, to the extent that they are you know inspired by God they're definitely not dictated by God uh, they may be inspired by God but then again my sense of God is this sort of ineffable something that's full right. of something and maybe it's just time and evolution and the amazing miracle that, like you said, we're here and we're our brains work the way they do. I have no problem with just being. I, I just awe to me is is the best expression I have of God. Really beautiful. Help, yeah. thanks, wow. That's Anne Lamont's. What is it? It's called Help, Thanks, Wow. Those yeah. are the three prayers that people should say. Yeah, but it's almost like you 
made me think of a koan. What isn't inspired by God? I think that's something worth meditating on. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a good question to ask yourself. Because one system of control that I experienced was my church said that these words were inspired by God and nothing else is, and we're going to close the gate. My feeling now is more in line with what you're saying, yeah. which is it's this active flow. Yeah. It's a something thing that you can merge into and connect yeah. with and, 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 and perceive. And, and the most and, and the most active perceptual experience I have of it is with other people. I think in the presence of others. It would you know it was like episode six and it was my favorite God answer and you're saying it again. Emily Gordon, when I said what is God and she said somebody gets hit by a car and a group of people gather mm-hmm. around to help. She was like, that's God. It's like, it's the in-between meeting of a bunch of people. It's just, I think uh, that's fucking beautiful. Yeah. I, again, Martin Buber was a guy that developed that idea quite a bit. And, uh, he called it the I thou and that together there's this thing <laughs> and, and the, the thingness, the relatedness is something I spent a lot of time working in. Yeah. And I, and I believe that's what transforms and that's how other people's, brains change and that's where the possibility of real change and growth develops yeah i think it's interesting you're talking about the myths and stuff mm. uh, it, it's i wanted to go on a tear i wonder if we can find why we why, were ta- why ta- the myths we're talking about how this stuff is sort of outside of our grasp and yes. that's kind of good yes and i spent so much of my early life as a christian trying to explain why what i believe did make sense uh when I didn't realize that I think the point was that it doesn't make sense in the Greek logic way, uh, which is what we're all enjoying right now. This is good Greek logic. So here comes the Bible, here comes the New Testament. They're like, well, the Trinity, three things are one thing. Then we spend our lives going like, well, water is ice and it's also, you know... uh, Vapor. Vapor. And that was just a a Greek logic way of taking something third way thinking, esoteric, mystical thinking, and going like, well, we found a way to put it right next to where I keep state capitals. Right. I took this like, same thing with a virgin birth. or a. But, or but a, I would argue that part of your brain that's doing that is if you need it to deal with the other ineffable thing, yeah. good. It can be great. Because what I, that's what our brain's always doing. It's always trying to make sense of stuff. Always trying to. Love it. Yeah. It's why I'm able to sit here with you calmly as we're on a fucking space rock. You yeah. understand? Yeah, yeah. I am grateful for yeah. its ability to take overwhelming ideas yeah. and conceptualize them to the point of tranquility. I think <laughs> that's great. What I think is missing from spiritual conversation and spiritual identity in this country is a, just a room that we can imagine where we play with impossible things, like how could three things be one mm. thing? Or how could two things come from one thing if there was one original thing? It's, it's, like, it's like fun to not just say I don't know, but get rolled around in I don't know. Kierkegaard, right? Leap of faith. Is that Kierkegaard's whole sure. thing was the, the real challenge of faith is the leap into the, the blip, the, 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 the doesn't make sense part and still believe it. And I think... I don't think it's a flaw in the system. We talk about how our brain gets overwhelmed. I don't think it's a flaw that we're in this conundrum that is just outside of making perfect sense. And I don't, I don't think that's a flaw in the system. I don't think the mystery is part of it. I think it's yeah. built in for a reason. And it's built in in the same way the tobacco plant grows that we might smoke it. The mystery well, grows. Well, there's, that there's, we might an, play there's, with it. there's something, though, that you just hit on, though, that we've not discussed, which mm. is. You see it as all purposeful, like there's a reason for it. I'm not sure I've got that. 
I, I'm okay with there's no purpose other than pushing our genes forward or whatever. But 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 I but I think within that I as an existing being uh, can still make great great something out of it. That's right. I I think it's sort of like whatever gets you there. Mm. The engine of it's meaningless, and I'm just pushing forward my genes. If that motivates you into that feeling, I, 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 meaning, I literally can go. I like the, the this is here. I'm just here to push the genes forward. But in spite of that, I can yeah. find great meaning and That's great right. purpose and great happiness and all these amazing things and appreciate the art and all this stuff. That right. oh my god! And and even though the real meaning is is this one little thing, how incredible that all this other stuff happens as a result. I guess that's I'm, the awe again. That's back to the awe for me. And I'm very liberal with whatever gets you. Yeah. Not just whatever gets you through the night, but whatever gets you into that space. Yeah. For some people, it is a story. Suck my balls, Cartman. Some people, it is extreme materialism. Richard Rohr, a Franciscan friar, was on my friend Rob Bell's podcast. It's called The Robcast. It's a great episode. He talks about... So he's a friar. Mm. So you'd think he'd be out there doing what I was raised to do, which is telling non-Christians to become Christians. He actually was doing something very different. He was saying that like, he, his belief is that a cancer research doctor is doing mm. the work of Christ. Mm. He says, I don't care if he calls it Christ. Yeah. What the fuck? He doesn't say this. Yeah. But I get so lit up by that. It's our clan brain. It's our pack animal tribal brain. brain yeah. It's our tribal brain. And it's our egos right. that go, yeah, but is the winner with us and the losers are over there? Yeah. And that's fucking in the way, bullshit, garbage. That's so if great. you say, yeah. maybe they're, I'm open to I mean, no think about how, how organized religion has done horrible things in those tribal instincts. Garbage. Yeah, and that's all human stuff and that is not three things or one thing and yeah. that is not a virgin birth that is yeah. not oh yes it is yeah <laughs> i'll <laughs> show you it's not mystery at all it's certainty and certainty yeah. is what you can roll up into a spear and stab somebody well with. That, that's the part that i have trouble with religion is how people can get so exercised about it maybe that's not the right word but but they get so threatened by people that have alternative ideas and things they should be wide open to it i don't yes yeah. i i in the awakened peoples your christ and your buddhas i don't see a lot of in the stories let's just say in the stories i don't see fear mm. you know what i mean and, mm. he, and they're they're modern teachers i was watching one before you got here there's youtube it's funny scientifically when jesus came so let's say let's let's thought experiment jesus was an awakened being let's say that so he started a revolution and it became a religion all these things that was also at a time pre-internet, obviously. So what? we didn't know. No internet? years ago? Yeah. Wow. It stands to reason that now with all the interconnectedness and information exchange that we might find that it's not that uncommon of a phenomena to have people slip into that state that we call enlightenment, that mm -hmm. there might be more than one Christ. Oh. Of course, at that time with the limited way that we had to get the news to Russia. Yeah. There's a Christ story goes around, and then that becomes there's only one Christ. Even though Christ is telling his disciples, "You'll do far greater things than these." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. he keeps pointing that it's you, that it's you, that it's you, that it's you, and we turn it into this clan thing because that's what we do. We turn it into a jersey and a, and a foam finger. And Tell a me hot more. Two minutes, but it was you? It's you? It's you? What do you mean by that? I mean, I think if you read the Gospel of John, yeah. he keeps saying that the kingdom of heaven is in you. Yeah, yeah, and that is that's New Age mysticism. That's Buddhism. Yeah, and also the Gospel of Thomas, which got, you know, rejected at the Nicaea thing. There's all that sort of fun stuff, but it's not. It doesn't make a very good product to sell. You know, 
the more clanistic, the more ego driven, the more fear based you can make it, it, it makes a better product to sell on Shark Tank. Uh, <laughs> I, I would argue, though, some of that stuff that we seem to be responding to now, I'm not sure we would have responded to 60 years ago. The I, fear? I, just uh, the, all the negativity. I, I, think, I think we go through these waves of different personality constructs or predominant personality constructs. And to that, some extent, that determines you know, the kinds of things that we respond to. I think right now the narcissism is profound everywhere. Yeah. And so we're responding to these to envy and all the things that narcissists are prone to. That's that's what I'm talking about getting in touch. So we're talking about Trump. When when we see selfie culture, mm. then you go like, Yeah, it's all about me. And if it's about me, then that's not me. That's not me and fuck them if they can. Then you have it. a lot of them. Yeah. And the thems have to be brought down as opposed to something that you want to be like and you strive to be like, you got to bring them down. That's right. And that's narcissism. Instead of realizing love your neighbor as yourself is you are your, you are your neighbor. You're saying something very Jesus-y, which is God is in between the two of us. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. I, I've made this point a million times, so I'm going to make it very briefly. It doesn't mean like your neighbor. It means compassion. It doesn't mean I have to like your close talking, right. your halitosis and your alcoholism. Right. And Sorry your, about that. Yeah. Sorry about all that. Come on. <laughs> You're a specimen now it is sex. <laughs> now I just Here we go. It. Here it comes. I mean, you look great. Thank you. And from what yeah. I can tell, yeah. so we're going to pop into that right? song any minute now. I know it. <laughs> ah, kick it up to 285, baby. <laughs> I don't know how high it goes. 157? Listen. Um, so anyway, the the dissolving of the boundary between me and you, mm. Mm. whether go ahead. Oh, I don't mean as as concepts as identities. Yeah, as compassion and love and understanding. You can right. still be you, and I'll still be me. Right. But I don't know how to explain it. The fundamental predicament of being human is shared by both of us. Mm-hmm. There's this very very helpful ex- exercise that Val and I did once, which is called Just Like Me. You can Google it. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Where you just yeah. look at each other in the yeah, eye and, like and you repeat, like you, yeah. this person wants comfort just yeah. like me. This person yeah. will die one day just like me. Yeah. that's I, I. My fantasy, people have violent or negative fantasies about Trump. My fantasy is that he might do something like that. <laughs> like? Like an exercise like that. Oh, yeah. Like should. one of those undeniable yeah. heart-opening exercises. I don't think he'd be able to do it in the state that he's in, in the Adderall snorting state. Yeah, that, that could be hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I can't see him making that level of eye contact with, say, somebody who um, was detained at the border. Right. I don't think he could do it. Or it would be very hard for him. Or he'd fake it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he could fake it. Um, and my other fantasy is that he would take mushrooms. Ooh, that's interesting. Because that is the phenomenon. See, what I would be excited, I, I don't want you to have a... a, a a death giving condition, but that yeah. was what you said about, yeah. so let's take that off the table. Yeah. When, or if you did take mushrooms, these ideas that even as I say them, I'm really just remembering times that I felt them. Mm. And when I felt them, I was on mushrooms or I was in a deep meditation place. Mm. But the funny thing about them is they are cheat codes. You'll, it, you'll laugh. You'll be like, it's insane. All that, like, I'm you and you're me and it's all one and the air between us is the same energy as my hair or my finger. You'll feel it. You'll become it. Uh. And that is insane. Want to talk about a light that gives rats cancer. There's a, there's a fungus that maybe came on an asteroid. We don't know that you eat and might be responsible for our evolution. We're not sure. And gives you the experience 
of revelation, mm. fucking crazy. Mm. You're going to laugh so hard. That's why people have so much joy on it. They're just like, oh, everything I kind of wished was true feels very real in those, in those places. Could be a delusion. <laughs> I realize I'm talking to a doctor. So well, I'm, just, I'm thinking practical. hard about these feeling states that give you these sensibilities. and They're just feelings. I understand. Yeah. But that is something you would feel on mushrooms too. Yes. You would go, these are just feelings. Yeah. And, and you'd, I, I know, I don't want to be slippery. I'm saying like, there's something going on when you take those substances that I can't describe. Yeah, I know. And every time I take them, I go, me saying you feel at one is not the same as when you're there and you're, and you're just like, I can't bring this back. Mm. It's like going into a room and there's just colors that you can't see normally. And you're like, how do you describe a color between green and orange? I love that. It's crazy. And that's the point. And that's why three is one. And that's why virgin birth, they're not errors. They're clues to say, it's like you want to heal someone. You can't go at them rationally. Direct. Yeah. And if you want to come to God, you can't come at it rationally and you can't come at it clean either. You come at it by doing it wrong. You come at it by being broken. All these things, all these paradoxes. Hmm. Finding God in a divorce, in my experience. Whatever it might be. There's endless examples of God hiding just where you didn't think he would be. In the same way, I imagine you look for healing with some of your your addiction patients. Hmm. It's like, oh, I can't come at you through the brain. I have to come at you through the through the heart and through something right. intuitive and reflexive right. that even I didn't know it was going to come. I feel like that's how the something comes at us fascinating i mean you brought it out because that's what you do <laughs> yeah but i'm also jealous when i because i don't have that kind of depth of experience of that i mean it's there I, the mushrooms are there for you <laughs> you want to take them here they are you know what I, can i give you one piece of advice if yeah. you do try meditating yeah i think the number one mistake and I, I was reading about this recently that people make especially western people make when they meditate mm-hmm. is we sit down and let's say the last time you meditated, you had ecstasy. You got to that place where you, you just felt you were vibrating and you felt amazing. The way we work is the next time you sit down, you're going to aim for that. Of mm, course you are. You'd be stupid if you didn't. Yeah. So you always have to, when you sit down to meditate, say, I'm sitting because I'm sitting. You have to go around the intellect and say, I don't expect anything mm. and I don't compare anything. I'm just sitting to sit. And then I'm, we're almost done. You just follow your breath, and anytime your mind strays, you go back to your breath and and love yourself no matter what. You're bad at it. You're good at it. You just keep giving yourself positive compassion. That's what meditation is. And it sucks when it's rigorous, and it sucks when it's something you should to do or ought to do. Mm. But sitting and just resting in the part of you that's sort of behind your brain is, is, a, is a joy. But it's, it's turned into something we do with an app or something that someone at the end of a yoga class. How long do you do it? How, for how long? Yeah. What do you do? What's I like to give myself, if in a perfect world, let's say yeah. you have an hour and you mm-hmm. just do it until you're done. Meaning it could be 10 minutes, could be 20 minutes, but you're in that limitless, I know I have a good window here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I do an hour, sometimes I'll do two hours. Typically you might do 20 minutes is very normal. And, that, and that's a good amount. I will say if you do longer times, it doesn't guarantee it'll be better. Right. <laughs> right. To practice. Although I find with, with just like with the podcast, it's the second hour that's better. <laughs> <laughs> the first hour, I was still shaking off that Adderall. <laughs> I'm actually glad we talked about that. That was, that was vulnerable for me to mention. I was like, should I mention that? I really was kind of shaking off the, uh, some of that 
chemical, so I hope I was okay at the beginning. You were great. You were a little bit jittery. And <laughs> Did I really seem a little jittery? Because uh, I feel more like myself now. Yeah. Like we've crossed through. I was checking the time. How's the crashing going? I'm a huge fan. Oh, really? I love the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. No, I found it I found it early. I was an early adopter. No way. Yeah. I appreciate that because people yeah. don't realize that ratings matter. Uh, <laughs> and also, like, I think, You want to tell them, like, please watch it while it's coming out. Like, oh, don't, no. You gotta, don't assume that we're just like an economy. It's like we're a town in Finland that will we'll be fine. We're the Netflix like, world where you just go to it when we want to. I know. Yeah. I'm like, don't let it pile up. Yeah. Please watch it as it airs or yeah. we don't get to keep doing it. Oh, my God. So that's where I'm at. Like, we're waiting for it to air in It's January. such a good show. I think I, I spent a lot of time... Because I got a lot of comedian friends, it just all it speaks pretty loud to me. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you see, I bet you can relate to my character. I mean, I'm looking at people. There's who a lot of sort of want to help, but you don't know. Well, and, and it's uh, you know, I told you I'm doing this thing with Tom Segura. He wants me to interview um, comedians because he thinks there's lots of. He wants to call it the dark side because he thinks there's lots of stuff in there with comedians. I thought, I'm interested in talking to comedians because I do know lots of them. And they are unique. It's a unique population right now. I will say, yes, for sure. I will say that in defense of my species, when I talk to other people, I don't see the same level of honesty. Not always. But usually, like when Val and I go and hang out with some of her friends – I'll notice that like it takes a, there's a buffering period where it's like I sort of hate how I sound right now, but like I just sort of say the thing, you know what I mean? It's like I'll talk about my mother being in love with me at a first dinner with friends. But, but isn't whatever. that sort of the also the your crashing character too? That's it. Well, that's that's why they're my people. Yeah. you know what I mean. I'm just yeah. like when I found other people that were like, yeah, and I drink in the shower. I'm just like, oh, this is good. Yeah. I don't want to lie. Right. That's why I like talking about being able to relate to sociopaths or whatever it is. We didn't talk about that, but let's yeah. go there. <laughs> no, I, what, I, meant, I meant Trump and murder. Oh, and oh, 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 I mean compassion for sociopaths, yes. But um, yeah, we should, we, I would love to, I would love to go. And I'm honored that you like the show. And I'll be in that weird time of waiting to, I'm sure you have you, this. It, you're doing, the production's all in New York too, right? Yeah, that's what makes it extra crazy is that like yeah. Val and I will get a call in February and based on that call we'll either know we'll have to find a place. Oh. It's a great problem to have, but like we don't know what our life looks like. How long do you shoot for? It's four months. And do you write the whole thing? I'm involved in the yeah, right. I, I write every And is is it is you start that before the or is that concurrent with the shooting? We've already written some of it. Oh, that's great. For four. Which is crazy because we don't know if we'll get to do it. That's a that's an odd feeling. That's so annoying. I, I feel gypped that if you don't get to do it. I know. I'll release it as fan fiction. But I uh, <laughs> I want to say optimistic that we'll what what belief is that? I mean, I want to talk about therapy. Like I, I think well, there's value in the, in in the television world. I mean, you have you, you have to expect anything. That you have to be prepared for anything in television. Val and I talk about. I have me today. My radio partner gets. That's fired. what I mean. I mean. It's crazy. We know we're living in a world. It's a little bit yeah. like Band of Brothers. No disrespect well, to people in the arms. But it, at least we have these crazy outlets now, like the podcasting and things. We, this stuff didn't exist five years ago, right? I mean, we'd have to go to a radio studio, and who knows if anybody let you in. And, and here we are in my sex dungeon, and, and it's working really He finally well. admitted it. He finally admitted that's what's going to happen. I knew it. Sex dungeon you. in the fun way. It's a consensual. I, everybody comes in, and they I know consent, it's a dungeon. Did I consent to sex in here? You didn't I don't see know the here. sandwich board out front if oh, you enter in here? <laughs> You were consenting to sex. We, okay. we, uh, 
because we talk about we talked about a lot of different things you uh might not know this but the final question Mm because we go a little deep Mm -hmm. is more surface Mm -hmm. and don't overthink it Mm -hmm. is my advice but um can you think of a time in your life that you laughed really really hard and when i asked that question what do you think of i had two thoughts uh one uh one time i got really really high in college (laughs) and i was with a friend of mine my sophomore year of college and uh, I just was laughing my brain off over nothing with a good friend of mine out on the lawn in the middle of winter in New England. <laughs> and you, can, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, cold. Yeah, of course. But I was just laughing hysterically. I love yeah. that. Isn't that Just weird? laughing over nothing, yeah. And I then mean, the other was... There's an herb that we smoke and we yeah, get silly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> although I started having panic attacks very soon after that, so I've always wondered if that had something to do with it. This is why you're uh, but, worried about uh, the psychedelics. A, a, right. And um, the other time was when Adam told a story. I make him say it all the time because when he first told me, when he first said the story. Can I say something Freudian? I yeah. thought, oh, his son must be named Adam. You mean Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. He's like your son. Just, you can say that. Okay, I'll say it even though it's not true. <laughs> but he, he, he hears the story essentially and I'm, I'm going ba- to screw it all up. But he, he was talking about how his grandmother super liberal bohemian and you know everything was you know she just just was extremely uh, a communist essentially and she's he said that he was always coaching her up growing up that that sex was a, vi- a crime of violence it was not i mean excuse me rape was a crime of violence it had yeah. nothing to do with sex it was a crime of violence that's what she was saying that's what she was always saying and adam was talking about this one day in our show he brought that up and he was saying yeah it, it, so you got to remember that rape is a violent crime has nothing to do with sex it's the same thing as if you go into a liquor store and you jump over the counter and you beat the guy with a tire iron and then you come and then but it has nothing to do with sex nothing nothing at all <laughs> you just you just violently attack the guy and then you come but otherwise nothing to do with sex say, oh yes and i so, get it <laughs> so, so it was very funny i thought that was there funny. is coming she so he's saying she should concede that there, there is there is something about organ. sex going on in the in the in the act right There's something about it that is so funny so, that's the most adam i feel like adam was just on the podcast because <laughs> right. it's an anecdote that i don't know how to respond to <laughs> <laughs> Rape is a violent crime. You had that guy. Sam was beating somebody. The tr- you come. Anyway. So, <laughs> speaking of then you come. Speaking of, you had that transgender moment. What is that guy's name? Oh, yeah. Chloe. Uh, uh, Zoe. Zoe. Zoe With, is uh, the one. Ben woman. Shapiro. Yeah. And, and then the guy. Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. That's his name. It was awful. That was an awful moment. Yes. It, it, but it was, you know, we we're doing, first of all, I didn't know Ben. I didn't know Zoe. I, I knew Zoe a little bit, and we'd had her on a few times, and we yeah. were interested in transgender issues and stuff. And uh, Ben was inappropriately provocative, kept calling him, sir, sir, sir. And and I, I'm trying to do a TV show. I have four other people there. Yeah, there's a I, lot I, of people. I, I could see that, that there was some aggression developing on the Zoe side, and I thought, you know, I, I deal with groups, a lot of groups, and I deal with aggression groups, and there's a point I jump in, and I know what that point is. And, and in the meantime, we're just having a the conversation, and all of a sudden, Zoe grabs Ben by the back, and Nick says, hey, say that again, I'm going to call an ambulance or something. You have, yeah. you better, you're you're going to go home in an ambulance. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I was like, all right, stop, stop it. Let's just we'll go to break. Relax, guys. And both of them blame me for the whole experience. Is that Especially right? Especially Zoe. Uh, ben sort of got over. Ben like threatened a lawsuit and made a report to the police department and 
all this craziness because uh, it was an assault, and uh, and then oh, Zoe wow. blamed me for putting her in that position. How dare I? And I'm a bad person for doing that. I for provoking her with this I, sort I didn't, of inciting I, guy. I, didn't, I, didn't, I understand. I don't know who Ben Shapiro was at the time. Yeah, yeah. I now I understand. I think we all kind of know Ben now and understand this is a guy. I, I went I, I down would, a Ben rabbit hole after I watched. I didn't know who he was, yeah. and then I, I was like, just sort of morbidly fascinated. He's a very smart dude. Very smart. But that's guy. what I mean. It, it almost was an exercise in compassion, being like, can we watch this and, and have him? You know, there is that voice in people's brains that says things like Ben says. I happen to think that voice is wrong. Yeah. But he's almost like the manifestation of that voice. And I think that's what people. Well, it, he was not being <laughs> appropriate in, no. in, in, in that show that day. And it, it was, I, I thought. You know, it's it's sort of awful. You're treating somebody awfully by you know you know. Forget what you believe. Yeah. You're being an asshole yeah. and, to a and, person. But then again, Zoe responds everything. with the sort of violent threat and stuff. It's like, so, well, everybody. Let's but I mean, it, it was almost like real life Twitter. It's like people yeah. like him say things like that until people on the other side who are trying to be more compassionate, more evolved, tend to break. And I'm not saying Zoe like failed. I'm saying that is the pattern. Like people, it's almost like that's what the provocateur does. That's what you see the God hates F words people doing is like, they're very calm yeah. and they're just, and they go to someone's funeral and they protest and they wait for the compassionate, loving supposed people to punch them. Yeah. It's like very classic. So they can go, you Look, see, see what this is. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. It was not something I appreciated. I didn't, it wasn't happening. The producer set that up, but you know, yeah. I, this isn't that type of show. I, it just came up. Yeah, no, was I wasn't sad. like. It's, it's, it's I didn't talk sad. to you for two it hours to sad. be like. So what was that about? No, it makes me yeah. sad. That's yeah. all. It's just something that just happens on these sets, and you know, you, you you. It's not a therapeutic environment. I'm trying to do a TV show. Producers line up a bunch of people. I'm trying to get a conversation going. It goes bad. I go yeah. to break. Can we be okay here, guys? And right. the sort of answer was yes. We went on with the show, right. and then afterwards, everybody reacted. So wow. Well, yeah. So hard, hard. Many, I have. I get yes. I get many unpleasant experiences in my life. I do. I get lots of things that make me feel bad. Really? Yeah. Still? Oh yeah. Lots of things. Like what? Lots of things. Oh my god. But but I am I'm relatively easily because I'm somebody that wants to go out there and do good. When when it doesn't go right, or I'm you know somebody makes me sort of blames me for something that was bad even though i had no control over it or i wish i did maybe or i, I don't know it's just an awful feeling it's mm. terrible it's kind of powerlessness yeah that anyway. is lousy yeah it's because you're trying to make a change yeah if i if i were if i were somebody who didn't give a shit yeah. I, I guess i wouldn't give a shit but i care right. deeply about stuff and i'm yeah. trying to do, do things good and well that comes to, through and i have to say it's lovely your approach is lovely Oh, very kind. Who you're being is lovely. Who I'm playing at. Who you're playing at, yeah. <laughs> but also the the being, we're using that word, that you share with people is really lovely. And I understand show business, and I understand, uh, I don't know the details of what you're talking about, but I mean, I know that people like to attack people and all that sort of stuff. Oh, the Twitter stuff and all the horrible stuff. But yeah, and so I, I guess I, there's a piece here that I have to always examine on myself. It's like I, I am in this business of show. Yeah. And, and that's sort of a weird place for me to be. Well, what, that's what you said in the New York Times, like equal parts e- compassion and helping and equal parts um, e- I got salaciousness. Well, 
Well, not necessarily that. I have to understand that the people that create the show business capture the eyes so I can deliver information. That's right. And, and so I, I – but but by the same token, there's a certain That's amount interesting. of – It's a weird – They du- start the fire. <laughs> well, it's a weird duplicity because yeah. I'm here. I'm on the on, you know, products and show and stuff. Right, right. And so that's what I'm always struggling with is like, is that okay? Is that okay? Is that, is that, is that really – am I being honest with myself that that's what I want to be doing? And I, I sort of move a little more towards public speaking these days because that's a more pure expression of – you know. Yeah, but then – Drilling for oil because your legs broke. Uh, Chinese proverb at the beginning: Would you be doing the public speaking without the the shows? No, right. That's so exactly it's, right. It's no, it, and it's, it requires risk in order to to get things done. So. I think people probably. It seems your doctor fills your doctor. Uh, the doctor in show business. It's a very tough. People thing. are ready to fucking yes, hate it. They are. They really we are. Want to hate it because uh, you're is supposed that? to be immune to show business is like look i'm going to show you something doctor's supposed to be like please come into my study <laughs> you know what i mean but why, why can't that's we, just a guess but, but it's weird you're right i know that's true people have said that to me before and and, I, and my thing is like we have attorneys all over this business yeah. and do you really want them putting their stamp all over everything and no physicians in it yeah. we need lots of physicians yeah. in this so, so you so what we know about the human experience can be shared and pushed out i agree that, that's just my feeling about it so i'm going to keep doing it that's all you, no I you should right now, i'm going to keep doing it and i i benefited uh, is there a copay i feel like <laughs> i benefited a lot from talking with you oh, but also just sharing the space with you and i, I really appreciate well, it. well it's been my proud privilege and you mean duncan will go do something i would love to yeah. let's please do that yeah, and we have the guests say the catchphrase at the end okay it's keep it crispy would keep, you say it? <laughs> keep it crispy. <laughs> I will. Yeah. so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice make you